0: Rank 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 rank. rank you. Hello and welcome to We Will Rank You, where the Queens of Podcasting take an album, rank it from worst to first, and hopefully tell each other how wrong they are. Summer is officially over. So we are back. Uh you might not know it from our semi-steady output, hopefully by this point. Uh but this is our first night of recording in four long months, guys so while many children here in california return to the classroom today we return to bickering via zoom uh let's hear quickly uh what was good about your summer break uh dan um
1: i'm gonna keep it short so we get to the good stuff i got covid for the first time and went on vacation not Where'd in that go? order uh san diego to see you oh lovely <laughs> do you remember that was that this summer yeah, I actually didn't. I did actually <laughs> didn't see you. Now that's the story. You were somewhere else. Saying, I what,
0: think. Wait, what are we talking about? That was like.
2: A but I
1: did ago. go to San Diego. I did go to San Diego, and okay. it was
3: lovely. All right. <laughs> I did not get COVID, and I did go on vacation. And where'd you go? France. Oh. France. Wee oui, wee. Oui. I. Uh,
4: I got COVID. I got COVID for for the first time, and I, uh, I went on vacation too to San Diego. We had the same summer, Jim. I know, and neither saw Adam. I don't know
3: why. (laughs) I feel so left out. I didn't go to San Diego.
0: Aw. Well, we went to England to see the damned who got COVID. I didn't get COVID. Uh, Mm -hmm. So instead, we went and saw our very first guest ranker, Rusty Squeezebox from Love instead. Uh, So it's a good time. We almost all breathed the same air this summer, you guys. It's been that long since we've seen each other uh, at the cruel world festival but unfortunately like jim said got Mm -hmm. COVID. so three of us hung out first time that's happened in a very long time all right so for this episode i pulled a card that i've been threatening to use since we started uh i made up a rule that if any of us felt like it we could choose a theme uh like bands from oklahoma polka compilations albums from 1951 uh whatever And the next four episodes would all have to stick to it. So this is the first of four episodes in a row where we are doing greatest hits albums. All right. Uh, I like it. I'm glad you guys do. Uh, We've stuck to single, quote, regular studio albums for almost all of our shows. Um, Some might call this cheating. Kids in the Hall once said greatest hits albums are for housewives and little girls. Uh, But I'm pretty sure that we've all kind of Thought about a band where we'd rather rank their singles more than any one album, and since we named the show after a certain Queen song, I've been wanting to rank their songs, and thought this would be a good way to crowbar it in. So we're starting. Can I with mention 19- something really yes, quick? Yes, yes, yes. This might not be exactly true, but
1: by and large, from what I can tell, greatest hits albums no longer exist. Because in the era of Spotify, you just put together playlists. Mm-hmm. Like, look at any artist in the, last, for the from the last 10 years. They've put together, like, their ultimate playlist, their top picks. But there's sort of no need to issue a Greatest Hits album anymore because you're just getting paid off the streams. And Spotify or Apple Music already tell you what the top tracks are. So people have an easy way to access the big, best-known songs. And so it's just this weird thing. Like, it's doesn't, there doesn't seem to be, like, a definitive you know when when you announced this and i was thinking about artists with greatest hits those have sort of become like the definitive list as picked by the artist or maybe the label around those artists like those are the songs that have kind of been separated from the rest Mm -hmm. it's just a weird thing to me that like a beyonce or an ed sheeran like doesn't have like a greatest hits even though 20 years ago they clearly would have
0: Uh, I don't know who either of those artists are. Um, I think they're newer. Um, But funny enough, there was like a year or two ago where the White Stripes put out A Greatest Hits. And there were these really great eye-catching ads running somewhere. And I was like, oh, A Greatest Hits like oh yeah and I remember thinking like that is kind of a weird novel idea I'm sure there's going to be still like weird historic box sets and things for years to come but maybe not I don't know
1: I mean if anyone would do it it would be the guy who thinks he's living in the 60s so that that makes sense actually that might even prove the point
0: (laughs) I I
4: don't like change I don't like that Dan (laughs) you're totally right and and now I'm realizing it and uh I also want to be... I can't... My son cannot explain to me the difference between an LP and a mixtape when somebody releases a, a, a new album versus right, a releases right. a mixtape. And, mm-hmm. and he's, he's tried like five times and I
2: still don't get it.
1: <laughs> versus versus um, releasing all 10 singles like a week apart. Mm. And somehow they... Then they're just a collection. Nope. Anyways,
3: moving on. Mm-hmm. I don't, even, I don't even feel like I can think of an artist in the last 10 years that's like produced... Steady output that you would have like a greatest hit. I mean, you oh, said yeah. Beyonce. Absolutely, but, like, no, absolutely. But that's that's a topic
1: for
0: another. Yeah, what constitutes a I hit? A, a bunch of a, a well streamed hit. I, I don't know. Oh boy! Well, let's let's with let's go back to the past where we understand things.
2: <laughs> Yay!
0: <laughs> so here we go, starting with 1981's Queen's Greatest Hits. Uh, yeah, I held up a piece of paper, and they were they were worried I was going to go into a major Queen history here. But this is this is by far the most popular band we've ever covered. Uh, you can go see a biopic. You can read plenty of them. So I'm not going to bother doing it. They were a rock band. They were from a little town called London, England. Um, that's all you need to know, right? Sure. Yep. Uh, and
1: in the inspiration well you already said the inspiration for our podcast theme song.
0: Yeah. Um I can't remember I mean I came up with it and I, we had, we had some yeah. other ones that were that were almost we almost oh chose. God. Rank and Ryle. Rank, rank and Ryle. Rank, Ryle. Rank, rank and Ryle was. Ryle. Ryle. No, that was never Sam. close. Let
1: me be clear, that was never I was okay. using my veto on okay. that one.
0: Sam had a really good one that we almost used and I don't and and then once rank we will rank rank you came out, it was like, Oh geez, like I can't Jesus. remember what it
3: was. Mine was even further in the past than We Like to Live. It was a reference to a song that Bob Hope used to use to close yes! his
4: show. Ranks yes! for the Memories. <laughs> yes. <it's> a-
3: <laughs> but even better, it was Ranks for the Melodies.
4: Uh, oh, my God. Oh, my God my, gosh. Okay. Uh, my sense- very good
3: name. But. My son's
4: friend Andrew <laughs> just made fun of our our podcast name uh, two nights ago. So really? What he said
0: We will rank you. He, he said, what? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of that song. All right. Yeah, uh, Queen. In 1981, when this came out, they'd had top 10 hits eight years in a row. They were one of the best-selling acts of all time. Um, They were massively popular worldwide, but not quite as much here in America. Uh, The track listing was made up of the biggest chart hits for each country it was released in. The US version we're ranking has 14 songs, three less than the UK edition. To show you how much bigger they were in their home country at this point. At at this point, they had eight top 40 US hits, but had 17 songs that had hit the UK top 40. So of those Mm -hmm. nine songs that weren't big here, five of them were top 20 in the uk Uh, the highest being don't stop me now which went to number nine in england but only got as high as number 86 in america Mm. the u.s version of greatest hits has their 11 biggest american hits their first single keep yourself alive which never charted anywhere despite being released twice an obscure b-side and a new song we'll probably talk about later it Mm. is the highest selling album are you going to tell us what the obscure b-side was we'll get to it Oh, okay yay It is the highest selling album in UK history. Apparently close to one in three British households have it. Wow. (laughs) That's crazy. Great trivia fact. (laughs) So let's talk uh, a little bit, each of us about our queen history. And obviously we have to start with Dan, who we heard in the class of 1980 episode, disclose some important information. So he should go first.
1: I don't remember I that. I love yeah. it. <clears throat> Queen, the game, is the first album I ever bought. Oh. So whenever you get asked that question, like, and I'm I'm very proud of that one. Like, who knew? I didn't realize at the time the importance that that question would grow to, uh, you know, would would grow to represent. But um, that's it. I can still remember that silver color cover and uh (laughs) i i never bought another queen album after that i think (laughs) um i I did have i did have that greatest hits one and two that double cd with just like their crest on the front i think one was maroon one was green Mm -hmm. i did have that but i think somehow i like stole it from a college roommate you know how like the cd collections get mixed up and stuff um so i did own that um but that was it. But who needs to buy buy this stuff when you hear it nonstop on the radio, in television ads, in the movies, every single friggin' year? I mean, listening to these songs, I was just thinking, there are very few bands that I feel like are this omnipresent. They're, they got to be in the top 10 of just like being everywhere. Um, Baseball so, stadiums, yeah. 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 So listening to everything, I was just like, yep, that one. But it was fun listening to it through the lens of really critically thinking about it instead of background so that, that was still mm-hmm. fun i absolutely enjoyed it but mm-hmm. um more on my relationship with queen later in this episode
3: okay sam what you got i think i mentioned it in the 1980 episode um listen grew up in southern california so uh they played queen on the radio so i knew you know we will rank uh
1: we will rock you one
3: day (laughs) and we are the champions um you know like a lot of the early singles i knew um but it was my uncle who had a walkman uh, when they were brand new and had a copy of the game and for some reason they they were visiting us in colorado but i think my parents weren't home but so i just stuck his walkman on my ears and listened to the game over and over and over absolutely love that record um to dan's point i don't think i've ever bought a queen record that i can think of greatest hits or
0: otherwise are you asking us you're, you're seem inquisitive
3: i'm talking to myself and trying to remember <laughs> um yeah so that's that's me and queen all
4: right jim me and queen. never had an album um Never thought about them except for background music. Um, never liked or disliked them, you know. Uh, uh, well, to the extreme, you know what I mean? Nothing ever really turned me off and nothing ever really turned me on. Um, but uh, I really loved going through this greatest hits to kind of define my feelings about the bands, which I can't wait to share.
1: Yeah, that's a great, that's kind of what I meant by omnipresence. I love that point. Like, you hear these songs so much, but you don't really stop. It sounds like at least the three of us were never super fans. So you don't really stop to say like, how much do I love, not love? That was a really fun experience on something that you've heard so much. It's In the past, it's generally been, oh, we already love that album or, oh, haven't heard that album. Mm-hmm. This is kind of a yeah. new territory.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I was waiting for you to say something, Jim, which would be one of my few memories about the band and you didn't say it so this is interesting um, I, I did uh, probably first hear them on the mighty 690 as we talked about in uh, oh, right. our 1980 episode it was either crazy little thing called love or another one bites of the dust when I first started listening to the radio those two songs were all over uh, the top 40 AM station that was really popular in Southern California but like you guys I never bought a Queen record I did own uh, the one that you're talking about Dan it was a Double CD. I'm pretty sure it said Classic Queen on it, but uh, mm. there was like a sequel that of all the post 1981, and I think they just called that Greatest Hits 2. Um, but strangely enough, and this is where Jim comes in, uh, their catalog was bought in, I guess, the late 80s or early 90s and released by, are we Holly- already going to talk about this later? Hollywood Records. Hollywood yeah, Records. Yeah. So Jim interned there one summer and he gave me a cassette copy of whatever compilation there's been so many different compilations of their greatest hits that have come out but you gave me a cassette version I think yeah. that's the first Queen I ever owned but later I did get a, the double cd thing that you're talking about so i don't really have a lot to say but I, I pretty much have the same as you guys i always liked them never loved them uh, I, not that i thought um i did win a freddie mercury lookalike contest once at a queen covers night nice. so there's that but that's and like went my get closest. Your teeth fixed
1: the next day right
0: <laughs> there was actually some friends of mine did a queen cover band uh a few times over the years and he had fake teeth that were unbelievable and they kept falling out and so he would say oh where well, my teeth and it was just
4: amazing hey um i passed that tape to you without listening to it by the way
0: <laughs>
4: so that what was, were you doing that was, there that
0: was 1992 or three i think so do you um, remember what you did there you interned for the queen's record label
4: i, 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 I <laughs> this is hollywood records before like miley cyrus blows up and everything so, it's, so jim it, is it like
1: you wait you're you're interning at queen's record label you get a queen album you're like What's yeah, there, yeah. I've, you know what i'm thinking dan i've heard that there's right. nothing new here
4: um <laughs> but this is this is on the disney the studios lot i was that on was the cool. third floor of the animation building in burbank and uh and queen was their big get at that time but then later on they've got miley cyrus and all the other you know stars um the uh, disney channel stars so they really blew up later but um but yeah, I was just put packaging boxes to uh, and sending them out UPS to different uh, radio stations with the different promotional kits inside them. It was it was an, it was the old days.
0: <laughs> now, in any time preparing for this podcast, did you think, oh, I, I worked for Hollywood Records, so I was putting out their stuff, or did I just no, remind you of that? You just reminded me of that. I had
4: no <laughs> no, no memory of that. Uh, left an great. impression.
0: <laughs> well, before we get into our rankings, we wanted to do a little what we call you know what you should have done dot com. Uh, which is a URL that I own, uh, with a song that my we URL, think
4: my URL, my URL. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, hey, I pay $16 a year for that joke. Uh, got to get a crowbar it in there. So we're each going to pick a song that we think should have been on this record. So it would be released before 1981. Doesn't have to have been a single could be like a favorite, whatever. Um, Let's let's do the same order that, that we're gonna do for the rest of it that I just did with uh, you guys, Dan, Sam, Jim, and Adam.
1: Okay, so um, I was like, "Holy shit! I don't I don't know if I know any other Queen songs." And then I um, <laughs> thought of a couple from like the Live Aid set, and I looked them up, and they were all after 1981. I'm like, "Damn it! Damn it! Uh-huh, damn it!" Uh-huh. But Spotify to the rescue. Um, Sam and I have talked about this many times when. Um, we listen to like my top hundreds together. The beauty of the green heart. You just hit that little heart to say, I like that song. And it saves it to your link, your liked songs. And I've got, I don't know, over a thousand in there. So I was like, I wonder if I have any queen in there. And I did, I had a song in there that I listened to. And I'm like, no wonder I gave it the green heart. It's an epic song. I'm guessing you guys don't know it well, unless you're super fans. But I highly recommend it. It's off their first album. Mm -hmm. I think it's their first. 1973's Queen. They're self-titled. And it's called Liar. Mm -hmm. And basically... There's no singing for the first minute 25. It is just heavy, heavy rock. It sounds like you're lighting up the joints right off the start. It's just, it's in there with like Credence and Hendrix. Like it's got that kind of a feel. But basically, the song, which is six and a half minutes long, mm-hmm. is punctuated by screams of Liar! Liar! And then there's like this hit of like guitar It's very queen in that way It's very dramatic and over the top Mm -hmm. And then about Four Four minutes Eighteen seconds in The drums suddenly go full Afro beat it's just a whole different beat they just totally <laughs> shift to a new mode okay. so it's like still druggy but it's like different drugs now like we've gone from weed to speed or something like that um, and that's it and the whole way through they just keep singing liar and there, there's a bunch of other lyrics there's verses but that's kind of the chorus just all of them screaming liar it's a great song it's way more interesting than a lot of songs on this greatest hits I would happily do a uh, search and replace and uh, get liar on there so hmm. highly recommend
3: it put it on your list go check it out <laughs> so do we think that's where jellyfish came up with that lyric
0: Ta-da. oh brilliant <laughs> i was waiting for somebody and to yes. say it <laughs>
1: any any anything anything if the question is was jellyfish influenced by queen the answer is always yes yes yeah. But that's sure. a br- I did not even make that connection mm-hmm. I got tears in my eyes
0: <laughs> That's beautiful
1: Jim. My whole description, Jim was like Not gonna listen to it, and then Sam asked that question And Jim's like, now I'm gonna listen to it
4: <laughs> <laughs> you, were like, you were like It's the most interesting song The chorus is just liar
1: over and over again really <laughs> Gotta hear it guys uh, It's got a charm to it
3: Alright, Sam The song I would have chosen is Uh or would make four songs on this record from this album and when i started thinking of what song that i would put on this greatest hits instead of the song that really shouldn't be on this greatest hits mm-hmm. just this song immediately popped into my head it's dragon attack from the game
1: oh, wow yes
3: Yes. It's the, it's the best line on the game album, and I am fully aware, I am fully aware that uh, <laughs> that's, another that's one bites Gross. the dust is on the record. Okay, and that's the thing is it beca- it's sandwiched in between play the game and another one bites the dust, and especially when I hear play the game, the line starts immediately in my head. And when I, when the Dragon Attack is over, I don't hear Another One Bites the Dust because I'm like, I just want to rewind and just hear that again. Wow. I, I, it, if Dragon Attack was on this, it probably maybe would have made it into my top five, um, but uh, it's, it's got a great drum solo. Uh, great bass solo It's a great song I, I can't believe it's not on this But it was never released as a single And all that sort of jazz So it's it. But it should definitely be here Instead of the worst song on this record Wow Love
2: yeah, I'd never Love heard it uh,
0: But I, I dj a night There's a San Diego band called The Dragons uh, That are Nationally, internationally known, they're kind of like our Ramones, and they asked me to DJ a night where they were doing Stones covers, and I was working in all kinds of semi-related stuff, and somehow that song came up. I'm like, oh, okay, let me check it out. So that's the only reason I've heard it. Only reason.
4: Adam, I'm sorry, I I missed the whole pre-1981 memo.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I did too. I I just (laughs) I did too. I just chose this song because I think it's one of their best.
1: I, don't I think he said it the first time And then I think when you were Recapping the rules along the way
0: I think you stopped Oh saying it man I, like I don't need to be ask. that picky Go ahead and do your Radio Gaga uh, Well,
4: I mean I went with Radio Gaga <laughs> But course. now I'm thinking Dan would have as well Because he was talking about Live Aid um, mm-hmm. And I went with that Because I was like What other songs do I know by Queen? Oh yeah, that really, really good one mm-hmm. From Live Aid mm-hmm. um, And so I would happily Trade my number 14 pick uh, on the album with Radio Gaga in a
5: heartbeat.
0: Well, that's the thing. Queen was so incredible in their like futuristic ways that they invented a time machine and made you. figured out a way to put Radio Gaga back into 1981 just for tonight.
1: So. I will you. say, you know, um, one thing about this exercise, I really had no idea which songs were from which era. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting going. I did pull up their discography um, to go alongside because we used a Spotify playlist. So you could see what album it was all on. And if you had had me go through the exercise of putting them in what I thought was the chronological order and then including the stuff from Live Aid, I I would have had no idea, Mm. you know, other than the stuff from the game. Um, so that was really interesting the other thing I want to say is an artist with this much output I'm dying to know where everybody's line is so when we get to it I can't wait to know but like here's here's like supposedly like the best
3: of this artist and I'm dying to know where the line is mm. oh wow okay. it's no. different than just on an album you know Yeah. to your point Dan I, I agree for the most part but keep yourself alive I feel like the the maybe it's the recording something it definitely sounds early like you can tell it's an early song by them i didn't know quite how early until i researched the the albums in the years right before we uh we went to air airtime um but uh yeah that 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 one's definitely sounds early um but it's still good still still a a banger as the kids would say well Mm
1: -hmm. we'll see we'll see about that
3: (laughs) won't we
0: Uh, Well I would have put on Tie Your Mother Down. It's a total banger. It's one of the best guitar riffs ever. Uh, Foo Fighters are super into playing it. Um, It's hard for me to separate them almost because I've seen so much footage of them. They would always work it into sets and Taylor Hawkins had a side cover band where they would always do that song too. It went to number 31 in the UK uh, But that wasn't even enough To get it on the British uh, Greatest Hits That's how many big hits they had Over there Um, 20 years later they re-released it as a single And it went to number 13 So It's the opening track and the second single From their 1976 album A Day at the Races It's awesome Great stomper um, if you're wondering mathematically what song barely didn't make the cut for the one we listened to their next highest charting song in this country was a song I'd never heard uh, called need your loving tonight hey, hey,
5: hey. No, I'll never look
0: written by VASUS John Deacon, wasn't released as a single in England, but it went to number 44 uh, in the U.S. in 1991. So the lowest charting thing on this one we ranked with went to number 42. Also from the game. Need your loving. Correct. So, uh, tonight we are doing a sort of abridged uh, version of what we normally do. We'll usually talk about our rankings from worst to first. Um, I've always been trying to cut down. The amount of songs that we talk about. So we're doing a sort of an abridged thing. We're just going to talk about our least favorite song on this record. And then we're going to talk about our top five. Each of us are going to talk about our top five and weigh in wherever you feel like it. So, Dan, start us off with your least favorite song on this record. Here we go. All right.
1: First of all, there are two absolute stinkers on this album. Oh, my God. So I, de- <laughs> I debated between the two. And I will say, Adam, when you told us the rules of top five and least favorite, mm-hmm. my first thought was, never mind top five, I'll get to that later. I can't wait to rip into one of these songs. And now, the, the only angst was like, <laughs> which one do I get to take my pot shots at? I'm hoping <laughs> someone will pick the other. I feel pretty confident. Wow. Um, guys, look, I am so happy Queen exists in the world. Queen Serves such a special purpose in the world of music. I want Queen to be Queen. I do not need Queen to be Billy Joel. Okay. We have a Billy Joel. A Billy Joel exists. We oh don't. God. Bosom Buddies bad. already has a theme song. We do not need You're My Best Friend.
0: Oh, God. Shots fired. Wow. Of Jim has left the conversation.
4: excuse me did you just say the sappiest
1: of sap oh my god like dripping like it's the floor is sticky from this song Uh it starts with ooh you make me live all the way through lyrics like I really love the things that you do and the whole thing's basically like hey the two of us we're the best of friends that's That's not what you want from Queen. Listen to how Sam described dragon attack. Listen to how Adam (laughs) described tie your mother down. Like Queen has that energy that pops through the speakers. We'll talk about that more. This thing, every time it comes on the radio, once I'm done banging my head against the steering wheel, I think (laughs) they had all the possible Queen songs in the world. Why am I listening to this again? And it's played all the time. Anyways, yes, I realize it definitely was another jellyfish influence. He's my best friend Yeah Which also Can we admit Is one of Jellyfish's Worst songs Oh my god
4: (laughs) You need to stop talking Listen Can we we get Can we get Can we get 10 minutes From Dan On where he stands On Silly Love Songs By Paul McCartney Go
1: (laughs) Next podcast I'd be happy To go into that I would be happy To go into that Anyways That's not what we want From Queen (laughs) It's out
0: Wow Wow Um, Okay. I'm shook I, Adam. I'm, 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 really I'm getting shook.
1: a sense that I don't I'm I've not never gonna been have been others more, agreeing with
0: that. Well, I knew that I knew that, I knew that you, Dim, would love it, so I was like, oh, let's look at Jim's
3: face immediately. And I'm like, that is such a Jim song. Oh god. Okay. Oh god. My, the only thing I have to say about that, Dan, is two sentences that I have written down. Positive jams are great. However, it's startlingly average.
1: Oh, I would say below average, but
0: that's close enough, Sam. I'll take it. There's some good little hooks, but, but whatever. that was that was one of the that was one of the few that um, John Deacon, bassist, wrote, and he wrote it on keys, wasn't his main oh, thing. sorry, John. But it's great. I love it. What, what other band?
1: The- what other band did we do where everything that the main guy didn't write we had ranked at the bottom? Oh, it was XTC, XTC. with Call.
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry. All right. Anyway, my worst song on Queens. Um, greatest Hits, the U.S. Greatest Hits Yes Is <laughs> Such a serious song For such a lunkhead movie It's Flash <laughs> uh, Sure
1: I, I figured that was coming Garbage
3: is the ending it just kind of like it's it's like when the death star explodes and all the like the little like twinkling lights go away it's like what it, it's not even a fade out it's not it's just it's it just goes limp and i mean usually their song endings have more fanfare and everything such an interesting choice but not good the movie sucked The oh. song sucks It's bad It's really bad And I will also say In um, Which song is it? In um, Bicycle Race He says I don't like Star Wars But you sure did answer the phone fast When the Flash Gordon people called in
1: <laughs> It's different Sam It's a different concept I understand
3: But You're distant Star Wars And then all of a sudden It's like Oh well We gotta get on the The sci-fi train yeah um, Freddie lost a couple points For me on that for, for the Star Wars line And for coming out With Flash It's down
1: So Sam You gave me Your two sentences On your My best friend I'm gonna give you My My sentence On Flash Has any musical artist In the history Of the movies Cashed a paycheck Faster than Queen Did for this I know <laughs> Like I'll tell you what It's gonna go Flash uh, Savior of the universe and the movie and producer then, was like, I like it, I like it What else give, you got? Give us one more line <laughs> Oh no, no, the, the rest is just dialogue and sound effects And we'll sing it again and again Like we're no. queen, are you in or are you out? That's it, that's the whole thing And check deposited
4: It's brilliant It'll Save every one of us Oh my god, it's so funny uh, Oh, I saw that movie three times in the theater I love that What, you know, what year did that come out, Adam? Do you know? Probably Well, 80. it's from
1: 80, I think, yeah
4: Okay, so I was nine years old, and it was awesome.
1: So I also have fond <laughs> memories, which, as this song, definitely moved up a couple on pure nostalgia. But Jim, I am betting that if we went back and looked at that movie now, I bet you it's, it's horrible. Oh yeah, I yeah, I, I, yeah. Ming there's the no way it stands up. There's no way it stands. Up. But I, Matt I also I know, dude. Oh, anyway. I have fuzzy memories of it, too. <laughs> I, thought, I thought for sure that Flash
4: would be one of your two, Dan, that yeah, you were saying do- dog shit. I had no idea it would be best friend for the other one.
1: By the thought, way, by the way, Jim, Flash is not my other one. We still haven't gotten to my other Whoa. one. Wow, wow, I love it. Yeah. That I love Flash is at 12 off Nostalgia alone, wow. and okay. the way they sing Savior of the Universe. That's worth yeah. a couple. It, it, that's worth it, a couple it, spots. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but I, them but I applaud it. Sam's ranking on that.
0: I, I, I will say that, um, other than Jaws, which is two notes of, yeah, and, and, and is still iconic, that one note, when you hear yeah. it, you're like, it's Flash, which is kind of crazy that it's just one, um, <laughs> I, one note and I'm kind of thinking maybe there's a medley in there of that and uh, 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton it's kind of got that same that uh, persistent bass line piano uh, a co-worker today mentioned uh, oh have you heard um, I was listening to it at work today of course because getting my last listens in um, he said oh have you heard the Locust cover this which it's like a noise grind core band from San Diego I can't believe I didn't ah, find ah, time to amazing. listen to it today I cannot wait wait to hear it oh my god Ignatius D did a great cover of it, too. So, yeah.
4: Speaking of that, you know, um, one note and you know what it is, uh, my number 14 worst song on the album needs to be replaced by Radio Gaga um, <laughs> is Keep Yourself Alive. I
5: was told a million times of all the troubles in my
4: And the reason it's a one-note thing is because it's Barracuda at the beginning, and I was like, "Oh my God, Heart!" Um, and then it's not Barracuda, and it's just an absolute F for me. Um, I had no idea it was their first single. Didn't didn't trace that or, or track that as being early Queen or whatever. I just thought, "Oh my God, what the hell is this uh, track doing on this Greatest Hits uh, thing?" And uh, anyway. I, I can't believe it's over four minutes long. I was looking at it all the time so I'm like, really? This is the third longest one on the on the greatest hits. Really? Uh, is it really?
1: It's the third longest.
4: I think it's third or fourth. It's it's uh, there's only like four over four minutes. Oh my anyway. gosh! Hmm. I didn't
1: realize how short most of these songs were.
4: Wow. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah including wow. ones you don't like that are just absolute toe tappers. Anyway, so uh, so that's my fourteen needs to go away.
3: All right. It's got a good drum solo. Yeah. And, and keep yourself alive That's, that's what I like about it It does one thing
4: And Queen You know It just does One thing over and over And it's predictable And that's not what I want From Queen And that's not what they give In every other song
0: Amen yeah. Amen I like the energy Uh but I, I totally I, I, th- agree I with thought that. it sounded a little bit like Kiss, actually uh, And I never really noticed that But yeah, I thought it was interesting that that, that was the one it. song <laughs> That that was the one song that they insisted on being on there that's, That didn't chart I think they were like, they're, they're proud of it It was their first song on their first album And we're going to put it in here for sentimental reasons I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, wasn't a hit Respect that Alright, All, right. All so, right. so far we have
1: three different
0: uh-huh. Number 14s, are going to go for four? Oh, boy. Go ahead. Do it. It's my least favorite song on this record. Uh, He looks guilty. What's going on? I kind of feel guilty about this one. It's We Are the Champions. Oh. Wow.
5: I've paid my dues. Time after time. I've done my sentence but committed no crime and bad mistakes I've made a few I've had my shell and kicked in my face but I come through
0: you need to go on on you should feel guilty about that I know. Yeah. no right um it's, it's because it's been overplayed. I get it. I know. I don't really care. I just never there's nothing the melody is not that great. I know it's triumphant, but it's like we are triumphant and sporty and and I'm okay with What do you mean? What do you mean
4: sporty? Because you're, it's like you you're can't, reading you, it. I mean, that's your experience. It is. It's like Thank we are the, the champions.
0: champions. It's like, you know, it's about like and, and I love I mean, part of why I love Queen is their confidence. And Freddie is like I'm the shit. And that's all there is to it. And that's and I kind of love that confidence, uh, but this is like it was literally made to please a stadium and a sports crowd. It was they were they were playing a show, and Jim will love this. They the yeah. crowd started singing. Do you already know the story, Jim? No. They went off stage, and the crowd started singing. "You'll Never Walk Alone." Shut up! Swear to God. So that's if you don't know, that's Liverpool's. Uh, theme song basically you'll never walk alone Uh, and so they loved it and were like oh what can we do oh and sam is representing with his what is that a scarf
6: Mm -hmm. okay
0: um so they they were just and that's cool like you want to you want to you want to and have the the the, the means to make a song that's gonna fill a stadium oh now we have is this separate scarf (laughs) Can you Sorry. edit
1: out The parts? we yeah. Yeah, yeah So sure, a listener can follow What the fuck's going on Yeah
0: <laughs> um, I mean I'm, it's, it's mostly that It's just It's a melody That never really grabbed me um, But funny enough A team of scientific researchers uh, In 19 I can't remember What year it was They concluded uh, That the song Was the catchiest In the history Of popular music Yes so.
1: It's fucking science Adam Yeah It's science
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. The fact
1: Dan, that you, I'm, I agree. I'm reeling right now. I got to be honest. I know you had oh. some issues with my number fourteen, but oh. you <laughs> picked, you picked Queen's greatest hits. Mm-hmm. And then you ranked We Are the Champions last. I feel like this whole thing's a setup now. I feel duped.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. Should We Are the Champions be the champion and be number one? Is that That's
1: ridiculous. Not anymore. You ruined it. Oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. Dan
0: always sticks up
4: for the
1: song that's overplayed. That's right. That's yeah. right. But everybody else in the crowd can have goosebumps and Adam will be like, I feel nothing. Uh, anyways
0: yeah. Yeah. sociopath for sure um <laughs> well, I, that is number one on the quiz right there <laughs> i i love how passionate we are about the bottom of this list this is fun <laughs> but as i've said before no one gives yeah. a shit about everything yeah. just above that oh i don't uh, get to
1: i don't get to um lean into my other stinker unless it's in someone's top five which will yeah, be a it will. fight uh, the
0: odds are Adam, adam's gonna have something's gotta take the <laughs> slot of we are the champion so we're going to skip, <laughs> even though I, I I assume that we all ranked it, right? Like, I ranked mine, like, in, in order. Oh, of course. Right? No, Jim didn't. You didn't, Jim you? Did it. You didn't even bother? Top five, you guys. Come on. Right. Why am I wasting oh, my time with Queen? that's
1: fascinating. Wow. <laughs> Why am I wasting my time with Queen? Oh, but wow. I do want to talk about the line. Can we do that? Assuming sure. someone's, well, Jim's might be above five. <laughs> now five I'm starting to above, get the man. sense. Thanks. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah. Oh, Oh, five fascinating five. Sam, where are you at? Uh,
3: I would say above. I'm just looking at my ranking right now. I would say above 10. That's
1: exactly mine. Mine's above 10 also.
3: Mine too.
1: Oh, all right.
0: So, so, we're all in agreement. Nice. So, our wow, top fives are all going to be identical. To, so, that's the thing that we've been fearing. So by skipping, uh, talking about every song, um, we're hoping that uh, each other, <laughs> we pick songs that we didn't put in our top five, so we can at least put in our two cents. But there is that slight chance that we will each <laughs> come up with the identical top five. It's, it's seeming less likely
1: <laughs> now after our fourteens. <laughs> I think what we look for in Queen seems to be a little different. Fair enough. Okay, so what are we doing now? Adam? You start with number five
0: top five, and it starts with you, young man.
1: Oh, so I'm not even speed listing like no, you're ten not. through you five. Said that
0: was the most boring part of the podcast. Okay. Yeah.
4: Fair
1: enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's go to number five. Okay. At number five on the charts, which is um the only song, I believe, in We Will Rank You History that we are talking about twice. It's so a crazy far. little thing ah, called Love. Uh,
3: nice. History so far.
1: Well, yes. Yeah, so far, of <laughs> course, I don't. I don't know what the future holds. I'm just saying. And, but yeah, I'm just saying. So far in history, it's the only song that's been talked about twice. Yes. <laughs> So, interestingly, in the 1980s episode, I had it ranked at number four out of songs that came out in 1980 that we picked out of that mixtape. Now it's at number five. Last time I called it the Cheesecake Factory of Songs. I still stand by that. It's basically like, if you remember that, mem- that, that menu, that menu is like 18 pages long. You, there's nothing you can't order off that menu. And that's what I think of when I think about this song. It's basically, and never mind the calories, by the way. It's not whether it's good for you or not it's just we have everything and we're putting it in the song so you want barbershop quartet backup vocals yes elvis crooning we got it walking bass lines 50s guitar type licks pile it all on breakdowns with hand claps why not a ready freddy we got it it doesn't matter stuff it all in there it's like bohemian rhapsody but in three minutes without the super long extended moments it's tight it's everything that makes you squeal If you can just let go and enjoy it And not just release your inner critic It swings, it jives, it shakes all over like a jellyfish It's amazing I
0: like that song Excellent work I, I don't know I don't know that uh, Cheesecake Factory makes it sound like they're, It's like so discombobulated There's so many things going on I mean, I've always thought of it as just like a straightforward 50s rock song with a couple, like, cool stabs. One thing I was really digging on this time that I don't remember if we talked about at all is how much Brian May hangs back. And he's, like, pl- he's yeah, playing baby. these great little licks throughout. It's so not, true. Like, it's so, the, the little yeah. stabs.
1: I keep, I, <laughs> this is terrible, but I keep thinking of uh, Michael J. Fox in Back to the Future doing his yeah. Johnny B. Good. Like, just all the little 50s, like, hey, they'll like this. Alright. Until yeah. he goes Eddie Van Halen.
3: <laughs> <laughs> As you do. <laughs> yeah alright Sam my number five is
0: play the game uh, oh, nice. I knew you'd be a sucker for that one yeah me too
1: me too it's great
3: song off Grace. of their best album, *The Game*. Uh, three songs here on the on the list are from *The Game*. Dan just talked about one. I'm talking about another. I'm guessing somebody's going to talk about the third one, but you know, who knows with this crowd? Um, <laughs> I'd include almost any of the, any other song from this record uh, in, in, instead of *Flash*. I think you could you could easily make the case that any other song on. Uh, on that album would be there instead of Flash. But uh, w- one of the interesting things about this is that, talking about Brian May, the solo is so simple, but and, and a lot of his solos are like that, but they're so hooky, and he's just got such a great tone in that guitar that you just want to hear it again and again. So um, that's my number five, Play the Game. The, the
1: thing that cracked me up about uh, Play the Game well, in general, I agree It's a beautiful song It's straightforward, I love it But um, it's got some serious ufo space <laughs> Space yeah. sound effects that just Like, talk about dating it to the date Like, I was like, okay, this is right. definitely early 80s That that stuff hasn't aged as much But it's it's
3: part of the charm of it I still, I can appreciate it Almost a Styx kind of sound effect Yeah, totally to you get off like Mr. Roboto or something like that mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, again, like the little spaceship sound effect just put this instead of Flash. Just have this. Have him play this one instead of Flash. <laughs> oh, right. Sam's gunning for Flash, still He's <laughs> punching it. It's while a it's shitty down. song. That's why.
0: <laughs> this, uh, by the way, is the lowest charting song on it. It went to number 42. So this is. This I didn't even in. know it was
1: a. To your point. We all remember Crazy Little Thing and Another One Bites the Dust on the radio. I never remember this on the radio, even though I had the no no, album. I, yeah, even. the
4: The first time I heard that song is when we uh, did our homework for this podcast. Not
1: surprised, yeah. I, oh, well. I,
4: I, and I literally, that's my number six. And I think that I lied to you Ooh, when I said five nice. and above. I, I think I'm at eight. My line is at eight. <laughs> oh,
1: <above. laughs> we gained three a hater. Yeah, That's great. Because
4: Crazy Little Thing for me is eight. Anyway, spoilers. Um, my number <laughs> five is another one that has a, a i wrote down spacey middle eight uh, for this song uh it's another one bites the dust yes
2: let's go right. are you ready right. are you ready for this
5: Down the street with the green pool Ain't no sound but the sound of his feet Machine guns ready to go Are you ready? Hey, are you ready for this? Are you hanging on the edge of your seat? Out of the
2: doorway, the bullet Bullets rip
5: um,
4: it is it is a disco classic um, I absolutely remember roller skating to this uh, In Tulsa, Oklahoma This and Upside Down by Diana Ross Were the two songs yes. that I can clearly remember um, That's a great one too right there Oh my god it, And you know I was one of those uh, roller skaters I don't know if I've told you this uh, I could not skate backwards for couples dance You know <laughs> So I always hated the slow songs Because I was just that loser That was just holding hands both Going the same direction where the cool guys Were flipping around And going backwards You know And so they could, they could Kind of slow dance It's not too um, late To learn Jim You can still
2: <laughs> So
4: it's it's it, uh, it, it doesn't surprise me That the two songs I remember from the, that time Were kind of uh, Jammers you know um, And uh, anyway Another one Bites the Dust Um there is a part in that spacey middle eight uh, bridge part that they. Um, it, I want you guys to go back and listen to it, and then I want you to listen to the beginning of Pale Shelter by Tears for Fears, because it is an absolute. Oh, like note the for swooshes,
1: note. kind of like Just
4: the swooshes. And and I mean, right before that that those that boosty comes. I know exactly what you mean. Wow. I love uh, the hey hey clap, um, the, the hey, hey, hey hey hey, all of that I need in my life that, that fills a certain slot in my musical spectrum that isn't filled by anything else because I'm so... Uh, new wave narrow-minded i don't know if that's the right thing to do Indie, narrow-minded whatever um but there's a reason why i passed you the the queen tape adam you know I was like okay uh, old stuff and i but this does hold a spot for me that i don't think anything else holds and it belongs in the number five spot for me on this album uh, and on my list
1: i just want to say i am ecstatic like, I, I was gripped with fear when Sam said, or maybe no one will mention Another One Bites of the Dust. This was my number six, and I oh. agonized. I <laughs> agonized <laughs> about it not making it. And here's the thing. It it totally took me by surprise, because for years and years, my take on this song has been, ugh, it's monotonous. He just says Another One Bites of the Dust. too. Yeah. I haven't listened to it for years. I put it on, and I was like, A little monotonous, yes But that shit is tight Mm -hmm. Oh my Mm -hmm. god This song, more than any other song on this album Feels like it could come out this year And take the charts by storm Like, those sonic hits All those little sound designs There are so many There's so many percussion Like, it's unbelievable And then on top of that You have Freddie Mercury singing Shoot out It's unreal I could not believe how much energy is is rising off the surface of this song i'm so excited you that versus crazy little thing was the hardest decision for Mm. me to make in this whole list
0: Mm. interesting funny it's it's it didn't make my top five um spoiler alert but it's the one that i wanted most for someone to say because i found it's the only song that didn't make my top five that i found cool shit about that i wanted to share um first of all what is the first line in this song without looking? Steve walks warily down the street. You ready for this? Nope, Sam got it. Steve walks warily down the street. Steve walks warily down the street. I never knew what? that. I've heard this song a million Ooh, times. I feel and like just Steve Perry. Who is it about? Who is Steve? Hey, probably? It probably is Steve Perry. The journey was <laughs> that really
1: That sounds big. like uh, a <laughs> practice sentence when you're learning adverbs.
0: I, <laughs> yeah, love, exactly. I love that that song has a song, a, lo- a first line that I don't know. And it's that. Steve. Oh, wow. What the hell? It's so I don't, random. I probably don't know 50% of those lyrics. I just, when he screams it out, I know <laughs> no, it. No, I know right. every word in that song, except for that first line, apparently. I, I went and looked at it. I'm like, what the hell? Um, but it, it's Steve. it's one of those we've heard uh, I've heard this discussed many times when rock when rock guys do disco there's the stones doing mm-hmm. miss you uh, rod stewart did it kissed it i was made for loving you and most of them are pretty great you know and th- and totally. they were like we're doing disco but it oh well works. and it's great yep. it's so so good yep. um There was a uh, Christian uh, moralist uh, scare that there's backwards masking in Mm -hmm. the chorus. I've never heard of that before. I listened to it. It sounds like he's saying something like decide to smoke marijuana.
2: Just oh, go, Jim
1: would have had to give up this album. Right.
4: <laughs> My parents what? were all keyed in on that. They oh, were did very... they know this one? <laughs> no,
0: no, no. I'm saying like you told us that one... one story. Yeah, that was about sticks, the river, and
3: hell. Right. You know? right.
1: No yeah, wonder right. you passed that one cassette right along, Jim. You were worried your parents <laughs> were still going right? to come out. It's possessed totally. by the devil,
3: Adam. No, that's that's it. what you do with marijuana. As you pass. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, this was great. Uh,
0: the song was used in a study To train medical professionals To provide the correct number Of chest compressions yep. per minute While performing CPR The baseline was close to 110 beats per minute And 100 to 120 chest compressions per minute Are recommended by the British Heart Foundation And endorsed by the, the Recitation Council So like, since everyone knows exactly that beat that was that's what they used. Do Different you want to be reviving someone to another one bites the dust? <laughs> I though, know, there's,
3: exactly. there's, a, there's another song. I can't remember what it was, but I, when I was when I was reading about it, um, there's there it, it's another one bites the dust and some other song. I mean, I'll, I'll look it up while what you. What a twist! But I will never
1: forget that for the rest of my life. And I right? guarantee you, if someone. If I'm trying to resuscitate someone, that song will be coming into my... I'm not going to sing it out loud, because that's <laughs> <I know>. tasteless.
3: <laughs> this one's not going to bite the dust. So, staying those Alive. Are my- Stay in a- staying Alive is the other <laughs> one.
4: <laughs>
6: well, let's use
0: that one then, shall we? I mean, it's a coin toss, but uh, let's go with Staying Alive. <laughs> so, those are my facts, but I do have one made-up fact. In the spacey middle eight... Scooby-Doo is actually in the studio because you can hear him go
3: (laughs) in one (laughs) little part. It is totally Scooby-Doo. You will not convince me otherwise. So so now that everybody else has talked about Another One Bites the dust, I have it at number six as well. Yes. And my star of the song is the syncopated guitar in the interludes like that comes in like totally. it's it's so Beautiful. clean because it starts off so simple and then that's that guitar comes in and it's just like oh man he's just going to town and it's awesome so yeah. every
0: layer it. is perfect it's oh, so amazing it's very oh, also very written by the bassist john deacon great bass line really? i mean sam mentioned it before like i think this bass line's better i'm I'm wow what a star on this one it, yeah. it's really really great he was listening to he was hanging out with Sheik while they were recording and he well, and oh, there you, so you go so there you go that's, that's where it comes from for of sure of I love right?
1: it I feel like I've made up with John Deacon now that's
0: good okay my number five is Bicycle Race I love it
1: ugh Bicycle
5: Bicycle Bicycle I want to ride my Bicycle Bicycle to ride my bicycle I want to ride my bike I want to ride my bicycle I want to ride it where I
0: love. it's got so much randomness oh. and fun and weirdness and I know I knew it would not be any of yours or I was pretty sure it went by your faces either you're either you're screwing through I love it there's so much craziness and like the way the middle eight comes crashing in out of nowhere is one of my favorite things that I'd never really thought about too much.
2: Bicycle races are
0: coming. It's like all of a sudden like this chorus. It's almost like not unbeat. It's so, so great. Um, and interestingly enough, Brian May said in an interview, Freddie wasn't much of a biker and he loved Star Wars. He was just being contrarian. And sure. it's almost yeah. like proto uh, REM, Billy Joel. He's just naming all this pop culture stuff, and it's it's so random and fun. But it's, but I always thought, oh, he must not like Star Wars. I guess he doesn't like Jaws, you know. Like, but um, he also doesn't want to be the president of the U.S. He, he doesn't like money. taxes. <laughs> Who does? <laughs> it? But he does. But he actually he does, does it. it. Weird funny <laughs> um, Well, it doesn't sound like you guys love that song, but funny enough, uh,
1: that was my other biggest stinker. That was the oh, other one. That's my really? number thirteen, okay. and the only reason it's one above "You're My Best Friend" is for the lyric: "You say Coke, I say Kane. You say John, I say Wayne." I'm like, that's worth a <laughs> that's worth a point oh right God. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's you bad. say Coke, I say Kane. That's amazing. Oh good uh, okay.
0: I totally disagree.
1: Oh, I've got an idea for solo. Let's just fucking hit the bicycle bell a bunch of times. Okay, done.
0: No, that's the intro
3: to the solo, which is totally fine, where it's
0: pan two ways, answering
3: himself. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the only comment I had about Bicycle Race that I feel might actually land with this crowd is that the guitar solo that comes in, that, that, that like Adam was talking about, that dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun feels like it could be the music for this chase scene checks section of an episode of the young ones nope, what I thought you were going to say Warner Brothers cartoon like when they're going
0: up and down the stairs <laughs> 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 that that but I
3: but I'm keeping with the I'm keeping with the UK theme the England London gotta, theme gotta of gotta the young fair, ones
1: they're both a little zany like that, uh, just so uh, I can see that The
3: young ones are zany sure. absolutely fair enough.
0: well luckily uh, someone else we know uh, agrees with me and likes my race a whole bunch uh it is our guest ranker for tonight and usually when i say oh it's someone we went to high school with i'm gonna get eye rolls and oh god why who who cares but i'm just judging to see look at your faces to see if you would immediately know who it is based on what we're talking about and i'm guessing not do you do you know do you know this story Well, Jim and Dan, uh, as we've mentioned before, were in bands in high school. I wasn't. I was a late bloomer. There were a few bands in our school that were actually really, really good. Uh, And one of them was a band called The Eccentrics. And they were more into like Rush and the church and things like that. And their rhythm section was a couple of brothers, Ken and Kevin Dow. Did you guys know those guys? Yes.
4: They lived on Litman.
0: Okay. And they went on to be (laughs) lifelong musicians.
4: Yes. Ken's Uh, Ken's a
0: bass player, right? Right. So Ken is the original bassist uh, of the worldwide hit musical Jersey Boys. Uh, He was on Broadway for years. Um, Very cool. He's worked with Pete Townsend, San Diego Symphony, and he moved back to San Diego and plays with a lot of like roots, country type bands. He plays stand-up. He's amazing. Um, So I asked him uh, if he would tell us what his – uh, favorite Queen song is And you'll, you'll see why pretty quickly Here's what he writes Thanks for having me on guys Long time Except you Adam I see you at the occasional gig Smiley face Getting to play with Brian and Roger Was a great honor for me And my brother Kevin Who played double drums with Roger On We Will Rock You The occasion was the band receiving A Hollywood Walk of Fame star In late 2002 And the concert occurred that evening At a nearby club We wouldn't have been on that show if it weren't for Chris Thompson of Blinded by the Light, that's the singer from Manfred Mann's Earth Band fame, who referred us. The whole experience was a blur of awesomeness, but one of the stand-up moments during the show was when I started the bass line to Under Pressure. Just thinking about it now, I can relive a little of the nervousness I experienced thinking, (laughs) okay, here goes me playing one of the most famous bass lines ever. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. Don't mess up. But before I'd even finished the first phrase, a cheer rose from the crowd that was so loud it felt like a physical force, and I almost lost my balance. Luckily, I didn't mess it up. This collection has some of the songs that made up my, and probably your, elementary school soundtrack. Another One Bites the Dust, Under Pressure, We Will Rock You, We Are the Champions, Flash. It's interesting how we in the States only got a slice of what Queen had to offer. Their more progressive stuff like Bohemian Rhapsody didn't even hit my ears until college, I think. Speaking of which, I think I have to go with Bicycle Race as my favorite. It's harmonically adventurous, especially for a rock band, quote, rock band, and it really shows off John Deacon's killer bass playing. At an earlier age, I probably would have picked either Under Pressure or, this was funny, W-W-R-Y, which we see all the time because that's the acronym for our podcast, slash W-A-T-C. I don't dislike anything on here, but I guess I'd be least likely to play Keep Yourself Alive or Play the Game. But I'm going to listen to those now just because of that. <laughs> Getting to play these songs with a couple of the guys who wrote them is a highlight of my career and probably my life in general. So whenever I'm playing some dingy club or a nightmare wedding reception or something, I try to remind myself hey, you played with Queen. Who gets yes, to do that?
2: Yes.
1: So Seriously, can, like, yes. Seriously. Like, bucket list accomplished. Can. That's that's fucking awesome. That's um, <laughs> that's great. Wait, so Adam, you knew that when you reached out to him to yes. ask him to okay. That's, yes. a, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. That's well, I'm awesome, glad man. I didn't have
1: it in in 14th. Then I'm glad I have it in 13th.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Let's go on to number four.
1: All right, number four. Let's talk about that W-W-R-Y W-A-C WAC combination. Oh, oh, wait, can you combine no. them? No No you cannot Okay thank god But I I, uh, Somehow Before this episode is over I want to make sure We're all on the same page One of those two Is the clear Better half And I'm dying to know If we all agree So I'm just going to come out And say it right now And then if y'all have some surprises In your top five You don't have to say it now Or you can hop on But The clear winner between those two is we are the champions which correct obviously adam doesn't have right obviously he's i that what adam is is a whole separate thing but yep. <laughs> we are the champions <laughs> yes jim thank you it is so overplayed it's like oh my god how do i even think about this in a fresh way but one of the best things one of the things queen is best at is the whole holding back holding back holding back fire, let it all go. Like, right. It's like the firework show mm. um, where you, with the grand finale of the firework show, it's nobody like, does it better. It's like tantric. And this. It's tantric rock. <laughs> it's tantric rock. We've, we've coined a new genre and, uh, and this song is the epitome of that. Now, These guys build earth-shattering drama out of the thinnest of lyrics, guys. I'm not here to defend (laughs) the lyrics. (laughs) But We Are The Champions is like Rembrandt painting a hang in there poster you know the little kitty hmm. hanging on to the branch <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, that was my favorite poster in the world by the way <laughs> sam's it's about to spit out referenced. his gin and tonic oh God, that was it's,
1: guys it's not about the 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 subject matter it's about the execution it's about the artistic yeah. execution and every time i hear this song if i'm not jaded you know what i want to do I want to find the highest point in the room. My eyes start to scan. I'm looking for the highest point. I want to run up onto it. I want to be standing on top of it so that I can raise my hand or my fist. It's up to you in an outward motion like you're an opera singer. And I want to belt the whole thing out. Of the world. I want to do, you brought me fame and fortune and everything that goes with it. Like, (laughs) you have to be kidding me. This song, this song is made for absolute performance. God bless them for saying we want a song that will bring a stadium that'll melt a stadium and bring it to its feet. Like if that was their objective, they fucking, it's like the home run hitter that points to the exact spot in the stadium where they're going to hit it. And then they fucking hit it. You have to respect that kind of talent. It is an absolutely epic song. There's a reason, despite all the cliche, there's a reason it is legendary. Number four. Fourteen.
3: What? Of the world. Four. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't the champion. I don't get it. That is yeah, true. <laughs> that exactly. That is there true. three better. <laughs> but, okay.
1: you know, but he but he said he didn't like Star Wars, and he did like Star Wars. So there's some irony in there. Like, okay. Freddie okay. has room for irony. Okay.
3: Very good. Mm-hmm. My number four is Killer Queen. Mm.
1: She keeps
5: Mo in a pretty cabinet, cake, she says, just like Marie antoinette
3: we all know that i'm just a sucker for like great hooks and there's uh the song's just built on them. Uh, i didn't know it was about a call girl yeah. until i read the yeah, lyrics me neither I had a solid hunch. I mean, just some of the, some of the way that he like draws out some of the lines, um, but uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't write down too much about it. It's my number four. It's, it's a, it's a great song, and it's way better than a lot of songs on here. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it, Jim.
4: Um, my number four is. Can anybody find me yeah, good um somebody <laughs> <laughs> Goes right to the ending. Please don't play that on the pod, Adam. That's where you need to uh, um, overdub. Okay. Awesome. That was. Uh, cool. n-
1: I love. You need I to love stop
4: singing. If you don't want us to love it so much, <laughs> I love totally. the sound of everything in this song. They are the best at going big to small. And I, I equated it in my mind as I was listening to my headphones, like like an accordion, not an accordion sound, but just you know the small like the accordions shut. That's the little mm-hmm. tiny moments just intimate and then just absolutely spread your arms out wide um and and they're just the best at that and they yeah. do it in so many songs not just this one but um the uh, find me just uh, find me somebody to love uh chanting at the end of the hand claps I, I just can't imagine what it would must have been like in the studio and i'm assuming that it's after all the tracks are laid down when the magic starts happening and all the little flourishes and all the little things that, like that's you you might not want to be there i mean of course you want to be there for all of it but if you're going to choose um when they're laying down the tracks or when they're playing with it afterwards playing with it afterwards would be my choice you know mm. uh, it just god how much fun did they have and and this band does what it wants. I mean that's that's the stamp that I would put on this band. It does what it
1: wants. That's a great um, point. I, I
4: yeah, uh, go ahead.
1: No, just the number of different styles. Uh, you know, even the songs that I didn't like on this on the on this greatest hits. I'm like, God bless him. They made that a hit. Like it's just yeah. the the range of styles. The one thing I didn't realize was just how fucking well produced so many of the songs are. To your point, Jim. Like the production on this is just anyway sorry to interrupt
4: if if music is good to the in the first place if if it's a beautiful harmony and beautiful um i mean melody and 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 beautiful track and then you get to think about all the touches and flourishes and you get to appreciate it on that level too that's where music really um makes me lean in and go back and back and back um queen (laughs) is not my favorite band right but they influenced a lot of the bands that i are my favorite um this song is great. I don't know if it's also because of Freddie's backstory and and the lyrics and stuff that it's influencing that going to number four on my list, but I really, really dig the song and it's
0: number four. It is uh, so soulful. So, so soulful. You know, he was super into Aretha Franklin. And so it's like, the, the, their church song I guess you know they've got like the off tempo claps no mm. and all that stuff I'd actually never heard it um, until he passed away and there was the concert for Freddie and George Michael did it and for a lot of people the best moment in the entire concert which is epic was he, him letting the, uh, the crowd do love
2: so Oh, I haven't so, so seen great. that. I and
0: see. he sang the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, as as it was, he does. Yeah, he's great. I God think it was things, a, maybe even like a that. single or something. But um, wow. Fantastic song. Fuck. Okay. Number four. Number four, I I don't know. How this isn't my number one because forever I've thought of this as one of my favorite songs. But again, I'm like, I don't know. I'm focusing in on weird things for my for my rankings that on this one. I don't I don't know why. Um, my number four is Under Pressure, and I, I, I had that pegged for your number one. That's I can't. I, I don't. I, I if I'm, I'm I'm already like I think I screwed up. I've made a terrible music, It should be my number one. <laughs> A lot of nostalgia for me Uh, It was an early MTV video when I was completely Obsessed uh, with it It's all just old film clips, they couldn't get them together Because they just happened to randomly Both be recording in Switzerland at the time And it was like, oh hey, why don't you Why don't we work on something together It was just completely random Um, Yeah, so Queen had this Song already kind of together that wasn't Totally together, they had recorded it But it wasn't, it was just a demo And it wasn't that great, completely different lyrics um, and Bowie came in with all these lyrics And um, I guess they, they For a, a bit like They've disagreed on who came up with the bass line I mean it's it's the simplest bass line um, I thought it was Vanilla Ice the, oh, yeah. say you know, that. the most overly done joke in the world It's so funny because For however many years 10-12 years Every time we've plugged in our instruments For Geezer Zach has gone to test it dun, 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 And it's driven me crazy to the point where I don't like it Um, But then guess what happens? We open for Vanilla Ice and you can bet your ass that we played under pressure in front of the biggest crowd I've ever played for. Um, And we do it as high blood pressure, but my friend Scotty came out dressed as an old Bowie and it was fucking great. Um, Bowie is so amazing and so is queen so the fact that they could get together and come up with something this great it doesn't always happen you know there are there's there's plenty of like superstars that get together and don't come up with the greatest thing totally Um, but this one is just
1: and it feels like both of them that's the thing like mm -hmm. you feel the bowie feels like bowie and the Mm -hmm. queen feels like Queen.
0: it's crazy there's so many great parts um that ascending high note out of the quiet part that just keeps going higher and higher and higher uh, and you think he's not going to go any higher and he actually oh goes higher oh we uh, I, I was asked to do a, a karaoke uh, night before um, a Smith's Tribute band once and it was so much fun to have random people open up for a band and he and I did Under Pressure that was, it was the last song so the singer um, Jose Maldonado from Sweet and Tender Hooligans we sang Under Pressure and I was Freddie and he was Bowie and I did it two nights in a row They would sell at the Casbah They were so popular And the first night I hit that note Second night Totally didn't hit it <laughs> But I was so glad To hit it And people were witnessing It, it was like One of my, oh one of my, my favorite God. Great song Video and, and never, <laughs> Video or else It didn't I know one. I know They, they never <laughs> They never got to perform it um together hmm. sadly um, i saw
1: that and they were both at live aid they could have made it happen
4: why but bowie they, was like i've got a video of mick jagger you need to
0: see i know
2: right? <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> how we're gonna Jeez. spend our time oh,
0: and, Qu- and queen even played a bit of under pressure that day but some genius i don't remember what it was for i think it was a reissue of bowie stuff maybe or maybe it was the queen stuff i can't remember but someone cut. Uh, Two different performances, and it almost looks like they're on stage together. It's fantastic. It's
3: really incredible. Yay, technology. All right, that's my number four. So uh, I just want to raise a point of fact. A 14-song greatest hits record, we've done three rounds of four, and I don't think we've talked about the same song twice. Oh my God, you're right. Uh, we both
1: talked. Uh, Adam and I talked about we are the champions in very different <laughs> roles.
3: Uh, okay. But okay.
1: you're right. Sorry, sorry, we, sorry, sorry we've yeah. almost oh. finished the list. It's incredible. Yeah,
0: I was totally doing that scanning too. There's only three songs I think that we haven't talked about. It's incredible. Or four. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. All There's right. only, yeah, two.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm up, right? Yep. Okay. I'm not going to keep that trend going. We're going to do a repeat. I'm going to keep it going with. Uh, Number three is Under Pressure. Um,
0: Wait. Yes, correct. I'm sorry. Thank you. (laughs) He's reading his list, not (laughs) yours. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I know you have it at
1: number four. I have it at number three. Um, I'm not going to add much more. Like, just the the way those two play off each other. Just like you said, Adam. Like, it's just incredible how they both bring their personalities. It's really funny you talked about karaoke because... I think my favorite quote on this, there was a tweet a while ago from Mindy Kaling from the office. And, uh, as soon as I was listening again, I remembered that I like, I went back through Twitter. I'm like, I got to find that tweet. Cause it was the best statement ever about the song. She wrote, True love is singing karaoke under pressure and letting the other person sing the Freddie Mercury part.
2: Because
1: <laughs> <laughs> look, I respect the hell out of Bowie, but this is Freddie. Like Freddie Mercury owns this song. Like yeah. his parts are unreal. It just Absolutely. once again shows what a force of nature he is. Totally. Um, anyways, it's just it's a it's a timeless melody. The way they play off each other is so great, mm-hmm. and the way he sings why can't we give love one more chance? There is just so much desperation, like hopeless. It's just the way he delivers that line. It just gives me chills every time. The whole song's great, but that line just, Oh, I fall apart every time. Right. Beautiful. Number three, there were times I debated it being number. This went back and forth at number two, for sure. This was between three and two. Um,
0: love it um, my guess is it's the not the last time we're going to hear about yeah, under pressure tonight definitely not it's, it's interesting i didn't realize I, it's co it's co-written they, they they credited it to all of them mm-hmm. uh but from what they've said it was mostly bowie's lyrics
2: wow
0: yeah so he came in and and, and wrote completely new lyrics or was the main person writing lyrics for the song that had, the structure was already there but yeah freddie just he takes all the good parts he takes all. it's just so he makes
1: them good parts though yeah like yeah yeah
3: my number three is the first time we've talked about this song tonight Mm -hmm. bohemian rhapsody Uh it's i mean and this is a solid fucking top three like it's queen right like these these top three for me are so incredibly good. I remember this song from uh, being on the radio in LA in the late seventies. Um, I it's you know so so many people from it feels like our generation, but especially following generations, knew of this song from Wayne's World. Yep, and I knew it. I mean, that sounds so hipster, but like, I knew it from the radio back then, you know? And so, so it was kind of cool for me to see somebody like revisiting that song and, uh, and popularizing it. But, um, so it's not, so for me, the, my memories are not of Wayne's world. And unfortunately though, like what's left to say about this song it's one of the most popular songs of all time. Yeah, you, you'll get to it out of my... It was a rhetorical question. Um, what, one of the new discoveries for me on this one, uh, listening, doing my homework, was when he says spine, the little bells that tinkle in the background.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: Very interesting audio trick that, that kind of accentuates the word um body shaking all the time sending shivers down my spine and then there's just this little tinkle of bells back behind there Mm -hmm. uh the harmonies are stunning and you can't talk enough about the harmonies it's a studio creation of the highest order like literally the studio as an instrument because there's I, i it doesn't seem that there's any other way to pull this off except for (laughs) a chorus of 400 people right right right. but i mean even just like layering it in the studio and the different parts and you know putting it all together and um especially the ending you know like as it comes down to nothing really matters um many people on genius i went to genius.com was reading um the lyrics about this song and other songs and a lot of people talk about the man in the song just killed a man and that it's freddie killing off his former self and coming out as a gay man and i was was like i really don't think that (laughs) there's nothing really in the lyrics that supports that for me but it's freddie's song um what i always think of when i hear the lyrics to the song are is rather um the stranger by albert Camus because it talks about uh, a man killing another man and that nothing really matters. And there's so much lyrically, I feel like that matches between those two works of art instead of trying to like map Freddie's psyche or his persona or personalities onto it. Um, but that's that's what I always think of when I hear this song. And it's it, it rings way more true than anything else That I've heard any other sort of story about the the song, Um, but it's which actually makes it a, a little more poignant because one of the other songs that you hear about that's linked to that story is "Killing an Arab" by the Cure, and that's a very straightforward kind of post punk song, whereas this one's kind of like the grandeur. So, you know, when he sings, "Nothing really matters." You kind of don't really believe that, (laughs) you know, after this song, after they're belting it out, after all the the changes and the Scaramouche and the Beelzebub and all of the singing and the shrieking and all that sort of stuff. And he's like, nothing really matters to me. You're like, does it though? If, if nothing mattered, would you have put that much effort into it? Well, probably not. So, um, but it does really matters I'm just tossing up this little song for... <laughs> right, right. One of the most epic say. songs nothing in rock music history. So, yeah. So, that's... Uh, why I can I talk about the, this much and have it not be my number one? Uh, I don't know, but we'll see. There's number just three a lot to talk about. It's such a... There's...
0: Yeah. It's It's not a... T- Two minute pop song. There's just a lot. Right. Talk. I, I'm I'm curious because yeah, you, you have one year on us, Sam. But that was the first I ever heard of it was Wayne's World. Did how about you and Dan and Jim? Was that had you heard it before Wayne's World? Because I hadn't.
3: Wayne's World for sure.
1: Yeah, mm. not, not that I remember. Not that mm-hmm. I remember.
3: I also had an older sister who was older by two years. I don't think that, that was necessarily too. it, but I did also have cousins in Memphis that were like. Uh, probably six years older than me i feel like and and uh, like uh, maybe some of that came in there but i for me i feel like i just heard it on the radio in la because i was a radio kid Hmm. yeah
0: as far as the lyrics go i I thought i'd read this before and i read it again last night like i guess they've been uh notoriously cryptic about what it's about like no one will talk about it um like like because they don't know well, I mean, like Carly Simon style, they do know. It sounds like, they're, they're, but like we want to just leave it to, or maybe they are, maybe they don't. They're pretending that it's mysterious. But I guess um, that uh, some, I don't know if it was the greatest hits or it was Night at the Opera, or the album that it came from, but it came out in Iran, like 20, 10, 20 years after it was released. And hmm. uh, supposedly the band approved some like description of what it was about. And it describes all this stuff and it's like, it seems really weird and odd and could not even might not even be true but i'd seen that before like that's the only possible explanation about like yeah it's like the storyline or whatever but i don't know
4: all right jim wow um yeah we're gonna talk about that one later um <laughs> right now we're gonna talk about the number three pick for me you're my best friend Dan. I knew Dan. I knew I Dan knew it Dan knew it. Then you are my five. best friend. I
1: <laughs> dare you to convince <laughs> me. Convince me, go ahead.
4: Well, you know what the best way to convince somebody is to use their own words against them. <laughs> <laughs> Are we in a political debate, <laughs> Dan? Dan, I'm not here to defend the lyrics you've said in this podcast. It's not about the subject matter. It's about the artistic expression.
0: You've for those said. out there listening, he has air quotes flying through
2: this. <laughs> I, I
1: didn't even think you were listening to me, Jim. I'm I'm flattered. I did. Flattered. I did.
4: I did stop listening for a while, but it came back to uh, to consciousness <laughs> after about ten minutes. Um, the uh, you made that pick, and it really did shake me. I, I love this song so much. It gives. It is like oh god. What's that, um Reservoir Dogs when Stephen Wright is the DJ and he's like, "This is the sounds of the '70s" or whatever. You know, the 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 um, broad, radio the broadcast. What?
0: does he play stuck in the metal I don't, I yeah 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 That's it's right before assuming, you, but, yeah. yeah
4: um but my point is it, there's a there's a feel and a sound to the 70s and when that keyboard starts mm-hmm. it is like super tramp it's, it's like AM, you know, mm-hmm. AM, radio yeah, am radio city the sun is definitely shining and i'm in a car when that happens you know what i mean yeah. and yeah. it is just the warm embrace that i just I, I just i just love it um the ooze the harmony i'm such a harmony fan and this is the best
3: do you know you know there's um it's not the best okay. you haven't we haven't talked about bohemian rhapsody for a minute,
4: okay okay <laughs> you know you know help <laughs> by the beatles um and i know you do i'm not gonna ask that question It's rhetorical no. <laughs> um uh when when i was young when i was young That the whole Two, two singers doing two different things, but they're arriving at the same point at the end of the stanza or line or whatever it is. I love that delayed um, second harmony part who's just doing... And they do it so well in this song. Um, I don't know if I'm explaining it right, but it really, really... you good. That's where I live. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, um, yeah, I think that's it. Queen can do everything... Dan, you said that they can do everything. Not just rock. Not like, this is what I want Queen to do. You know, and that's why, you know, look at the picks that they, they left off the album. And, and uh, Adam and, and Sam said belonged on there. Yeah, yeah, Okay, you know, but they don't just do that. They do silly love songs. And they do it the best, right? So this is, this is really, really them at their greatest doing a really important, I would say, um emotional song thank you number
0: three (laughs) well said Uh, number three is one that you guys are not gonna have in your top three and I only have it on here because you're screwing with us incredible groove flash No, that would be
2: amazing (laughs) 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 I mean
1: at this point everything's on the table I think right
0: right 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 I love the way the guitar and, and drums are all you hear for like so much of Fat Bottom Girl. Oh God.
2: Oh, you going to take me
5: home tonight. Oh,
0: I love the intro and I, it is so huge and it just, they tease it so great. There's almost nothing going on. It's like ACDC made a career uh, out of that kind of like sparseness and then coming in. Um, I love that they save the, those two hand claps. I've been, I've been listening to it for weeks now, trying to like nail the where those two hand claps come in and it's always later than I think it is because they're just saving it and it's so, so good. Um, it was a double A side with uh, "Bicycle Race," and I love that uh, they refer to each other in the song. Uh, "Bicycle Race" refers to fat bottom girls, and vice versa. I thought that was a really cool thing. But it's just—it's just the sparseness of it, and I—you know—there's, you, you know, there's there's something to be said about him talking about women. He was bisexual, but. You know, he's singing about women And, and there's, there's, there's George Michael songs Where you can't not think about He's singing about girls and, and women And there was, you know the, the movie kind of talked about that a whole, a whole lot uh, and, it's, 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 and I always think about when I hear the song That like he's celebrating, uh, you know beautiful curvy girls and i know so many gay men who love big beautiful curvy girls so i love that you know i've played pride festivals and i've lived near hillcrest the the west hollywood i'm sending my whole life so i i love that that's celebrated as well um i love this song and don't forget uh michael mckean himself
3: said that it directly influenced big bottom so, if only for that reason, of course. Three. I, so, I, Mike, a couple quick comments about that song for me. Uh, one is that it's—you uh, just mentioned—it's kind of that body-positive song mm-hmm. for the '70s, which well, the '70s were more body-positive than now, because that, you know. Anyway, but uh, but it's it's along the lines of Mika's um, "Big Girls, You Are Beautiful," which I think was like a, in the 2000s, and so kind of like like you said, I think. I I don't know Mika's sexuality, but um, but it's it's an interesting song that is celebrating like big women, um, which is You're really cool. You're not
1: gonna leave out "Baby
3: Got Back," are you? <laughs> I, All about that bass. Come you, on, you didn't, which is good. <laughs> um, so the other the other comment I had, which is super silly, is the open uh, reminded me of Seven Bridges Road by the Eagles.
2: Mm.
0: Sure.
3: And yeah, sure. yeah. Sure, 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 sure.
1: Everybody harmonize at once.
0: Oh, yes. Stuff. <laughs> good stuff. Well, the Queen it's song it. is good stuff.
3: Oh,
1: <laughs> oh, 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 come on. Well, we'll uh, get to that when we do Eagles' greatest hits. Exactly. Volume <laughs> <laughs> two. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Volume two. Oh, boy. All right. My number two. Guys. Hope. Oh, There is... We're critically talking about what we like and this guitar flourish and this. But at the end of the day, the heart wants what it wants, right? And there is one song on this album that I resisted putting high again and again and again. But every time it came on, no other song made me crank the volume so loud. There's one song on this album that every time I would just crank. There's one song that when i'm in a bar and it comes up i finish the friggin beer i don't care if there's one sip left i don't care if the thing's full i finish the beer right there on the spot (laughs) there's one song on this album that will cause me to turn to the person next to me and high five them even if i've never met them there's one song on this album that earlier today you guys caused me to air guitar with wild abandon and i turned to my right to find that the dog was staring at me like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) I was so embarrassed. That song is fat bottomed girls. That is my number two. I learned to stop denying it and just Mm -hmm. say, this is beauty. Jim, I'm gonna quote yourself back to you. (laughs) You want power pop harmonies you want like those those big queen hits that unforgettable hook like this is just I mean talk about being engineered for a stadium never mind we are the champions like this to me I don't see how they don't ever play this and the band goes crazy now I can sing fat bottom girls you make the rock and world go round with the earnestness of a boy scout because the music just it just brings you along, right? And mm-hmm. Adam, to your point, I actually broke it down a little bit more here, right? So you've got the choir at the beginning.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: At 23 seconds in, that guitar first comes in. Just the guitar, right? Then you've got the bass drum at 38 You've got Freddy's first, hey. At 40, you've got his, ha, like this growling little laugh after his lyric. You're starting to get the swagger. That comes in at 52 seconds. It's like a master chef adding like, you know, you saute the garlic for two minutes. Now you add the paprika. You let those flavors mix. He's got this down. Then at 2.33, a second guitar comes in. Um, Oh, I missed something um at 150 at 150 we finally move from the bass drum we've added some cymbal and then our first drum fill comes in guys go listen to it again at 150 you will realize you just you just let go it becomes so satisfying once those drums kick in <laughs> and then at 233 there's the, the there's the extra guitar now they've sort of let all their tricks out of the bag Freddie's singing literally goes up a notch like it just the intensity they've all they're bringing it home it's like home stretch guys to jim's point like we got 4 minutes let's bring it on home mm-hmm. and this thing was designed in a lab for maximum fist pumping like the words are insanely bad. Nobody cares. Back to no, our point, not. Jim. They're great. They're great. <laughs> it is it is like, I love that you brought up ACDC. This is just rock and roll in a jar, just perfectly cultured. And like, give it to me straight. I want it in my veins. It's amazing. I could not deny it I kept being like Ah but under the pressure And the cultural impact of We are the tip Doesn't matter The Fat Bottom Girls
0: (laughs) Ah amen Start it over Get it to the end Start it over Couldn't be happier to be Um, wrong That someone else liked it As much as me God no
1: More So so Adams 4 is my 3 Adams 3 is my (laughs) 2 Whatever Adams 2 is That's how you're gonna know What my number 1 song is Perfect It does one thing And one thing
4: only And I don't like that thing (laughs) (laughs) then then it's not gonna be in your top
3: five the (laughs) uh the big fat fanny naughty nanny couplet (laughs) is kind of genius oh (laughs) god it's
1: i don't i don't i'm actually not with you on that but i'm like i'm gonna I'm i'm
3: it's well just because it's like it's setting that scene for for the 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 premise of the song
1: that's right that's right
3: I actually just, I forgot that
0: Josh from Stones and Roses named our tour bus Big Fat Fanny (laughs) because we were, we were riding in our our tour manager owns a van named Annie and Annie Mm -hmm. couldn't hold five of us and a driver. So we went and got a bigger one. So we're like, what do we call the slightly bigger one? Well, the last one was Annie. He's like, how about Big Fat Fanny? I'm like, I love you. I love you.
1: (laughs) This, this is a song. Um, I, I didn't do my research per usual, but, um, I've got to believe there's a lot of terrible covers of this out there, but I'm hoping there's one or two just epic covers of this song.
3: Ugh. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know how you could do it better than Queen. Yeah, that's like, that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Just do it that way for fun, and uh, like, just you don't. Straight, need, you didn't do put your own spin on it. It's just so great. That's yeah. one of those songs live, where right? yeah. where I wouldn't care if, if someone did something with it or not. You know, there's a there's a whole like oh why cover it if you're not gonna shut f- all the a, in, tricks in a, in, a, in a big room full of people who are into it. Screw it, just do it. It's fun. <laughs> you can pull off those harmonies even better.
3: Yeah, totally. I think the Eagles covered no. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did. All right, number two, somebody to love. Yeah. Yay. How is a song about being lonely? this joyous. Yes. Oh, um, beautiful. Can I love it. anybody Amen. find me somebody to love and the, the piano comes in and it's so bright and ebullient and you're like, uh, don't you need somebody to love? And he tells you <laughs> for the rest of the song, yes, I do. <laughs> and I'm so psyched to find that person. Can yes. somebody find me them? Because it's amazing. Um, some of my favorite queen harmonies are in this song. The chant and the ending please, mm. you know, can somebody to love. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, and I will say, I'll keep it brief, but I will say that one of life's pleasures is watching someone get up at karaoke and fucking nail this song. Really? I've never seen that. Because <laughs> it, I, I, I <laughs> have. I, I've stuff. never seen anybody do that. It's amazing because this song, I mean, it's Freddie, right? It's Freddie at some of his biggest and most broad and you know great high note hitting great stuff and so the song starts and it's you know whoever up there because it's karaoke right everyone looks like they've had a couple drinks already and you know maybe it's at the end of the day so you know not everyone's maybe not looking their freshest and whoever it is just nails this and you're like Fuck yes! Like you are the hero of the night, singing this song at karaoke because it's so epic, it's so good. I hope that you get to experience that at some point because it's so much fun. It's such a big, massive song, vocally, and if you can hit it, go uh, go for it. More power to you. It's a great one. It's my number two, and it's not Bohemian Rhapsody
0: at a karaoke night, which yeah, well as a host. Don't more step, and more, don't, that's, that's usually on the band
4: it, list. Don't step on my speech. No, I'm just
0: saying. I, I, just I'm saying. I've, I've
1: been at several karaoke nights where that is on the you are not allowed to pick it list. Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> that's Bohemian? funny you should say that because yeah. Yeah, I, think yeah. I, I think I've told you that I, I started a karaoke night and part of it was people voted not just on what songs you can never sing again and that was an actual list, kind of like your wedding, songs you can't play. Um, but people would vote on what songs are good or bad and the songs on the bad list, you had to pay a dollar a minute and it went to charity. And people <laughs> oh, had that. so oh, much fun great. with it. That's cool. And I was always trying to put Bohemian on there because I liked that song and I don't want to hate it from hearing it too much. So I lo- I love, yeah, I agree with you, Sam. Somebody to Love is a, is a great one. It's got just as much sing-along possibility and it's yeah. fun and you don't hear it every, so every much night. Well, so. it's great. Fun, fun. All
4: right, let's do that after this pod. Um,
0: oh, okay.
4: So my number... Two is Under Pressure. Yes. First time I ever heard it was. Uh, wait, let me adjust that. First time I ever heard the bass line was in Vanilla Ice's. Um, what was the name Whoa. of Whoa. Really? Not
3: speak of it. Yeah. That's amazing.
4: And I remember wow. being on my couch watching some MVT, I, I, MTV news thing with Kurt. What, what was his name? Kurt? Loader. Kurt Loader. <laughs> Um and vanilla ice going, No, mine's like and that's different from I remember
0: that and I was like, what the hell In in that he says something like No, it's got that extra Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. It's it's theirs is dun 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 dun, mine is dun 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 d'un. And like it's the dun I had no idea what
4: song he was referring to or what the issue was at that point that was in 1991 was it um never yeah, heard under Something pressure like um i don't know where i was wow. under a rock or whatever but um clearly i <laughs> <laughs> i did have a moment with this song in 1997 when i finally heard it so i'm what what am i uh really old? 26
3: 27
4: yeah uh at james joyce on state street in santa barbara and my buddy Neil puts it on the jukebox, and Ooh. it's around the pool table, and we're waiting for the next game. And he starts singing this song, and I, I mean, it was pumping in the ears, and it was unbelievable. And he did the karaoke version, Sam. I mean, he basically karaoke it for me. Um, it the the only part that bothers me is it, you guys are gonna hate me. Hate hey you. Turned away from it all like a blind man. That part just kind of takes me out of the groove a little bit. Um, and that's why it's number two to my number one. Otherwise, this is the perfect song. Um, but the Freddie scream and the and the love, love, love. And and just, I, I love David Bowie in this track so much. Um, the final stanzas as it builds to the end. Adam, you already talked about it. They're just mm-hmm. the rise, the rise, the rise. Um, have you guys ever heard the um, yeah, I know you have the uh, stripped down version just o- only vocals that, that made its way around the internet
0: oh yeah that's great
4: it's just oh that is such a great um, pull it out of your ass at the fire pit uh, as people are passing around the ox chord uh, that's a really that's a really, <laughs> that's a really good one um, anyway uh, I, I love it it's number two it deserves to be number one it's an amazing song
0: agreed uh however i have killer queen as my number two Hmm. i adore this song um it is so campy it is has so much sass um it's it's like the unannoying version of a lot of modern rap, where there's a hype man commenting on every line that the main guy is singing. There's just all these background vocals coming out over and over. Naturally, you know, you know just right. so it's over the top, but I don't care. I love I love it all. Yeah, um, dynamite with a laser beam with a super flanged out. Yes, absolutely fantastic. <laughs> guaranteed to blow your mind. Oh absolutely, God. so so good. Um, it was there second UK single to chart Uh, and it was I didn't realize it was their first big hit in America it was their first big hit on both sides of the pond number two in uh, England number 12 in the US Um, and we've mentioned them a couple times but um, the band Jellyfish was pretty influenced by Queen and um, but one of the more subtle things that I didn't totally pick up on was uh that they were influenced by the amazing guitar solo uh in this it's so hooky there's all these great little bits uh throughout it. it's got parts to it um so when belly button jolly Fish's first record was reissued uh there was one great little quote that faulkner the jason faulkner the guitarist said about it that i'd never heard him say before i thought it was great um we had a break in recording for a couple of weeks In that time, I took a few days and wrote that solo on piano I wanted it to be a solo where the second and third parts come in halfway through Brian May of Queen was in my thoughts when I was doing that Many years later, I ran into him and he complimented me on that solo Wow So great Wow, That's amazing That's my number two
4: The solo for what song?
0: Calling Sarah Calling Sarah
1: Well, there goes our streak that uh, Adams—that <laughs> I'm always one <laughs> ahead of Adam. Uh, time for my number one, you guys. Mm-hmm. Number one song for Queen. I've been wondering for God, we've been doing this for fucking months. I guess for months, what you guys, each of you, were going to choose, and my number one was actually never in doubt. I wondered if anything would ever challenge it. It was never in doubt. My number one is Somebody to Love
0: wow, and I thought it might be.
1: And it wasn't close.
3: God. Nice.
1: So, um, Jim talked about the different flavors of Queen, the, the many different sounds, which I agree. I have two very clear favorites. One is vulnerable, desperate Freddie Mercury, which is why, and yes, Jim, I did rank the four, the four. Four to five parts of, uh, of Bohemian Rhapsody. I'm happy to talk about that in the bonus uh, track for somebody to um, do it. <laughs> Wait a minute! Did, did I say that in my mind or out? Loud on this pod? I knew. Because I knew. I've only been staying quiet about it because I assume you might still bust out with it. But
4: they, as soon as you say somebody to love, I'm like, damn it! He's not gonna rank yeah. the parts of I,
2: Bohemian. I,
1: it's I, not in his top five. I have it. I still ranked it because I figured we're gonna it would come talk up, about it. But we'll I do not want to step on anyone, oh, but I will just oh, say spoiler. spoiler alert that my favorite part of Bohemian Rhapsody is Mama Just Killed a Man like the opening piano part because that is just Freddie just he's just an incredible like ballad singer right so Somebody to Love has that and yet it has the pure electricity the pure bombast of My Favorite Queen turning everything up to friggin' 11 including a massive gospel, gospel choir but my criticism sometimes of Queen is sometimes it feels like they're stuffing it all in there just to stuff it all in there. Somehow, Somebody to Love brings it all together into a tight song. Like, it's it's just an action-packed song that is full of so much emotion instead of just like, oh, it's a bunch of words and y'all have to kind of figure out what it's about. Like, he's hurt, he doesn't know if he'll ever find love, his voice cracks at times through it. The band, as always, is on point. Brian May has an incredible guitar solo. But guys, this song is all about two things. Freddie Mercury, and for my money, this is his best vocal delivery. Like, the number of things he does in this song, goes up, goes down, holds, holds words, goes really fast through words. At a minute 31 seconds He's singing Somebody to Love And they change keys you guys You know the famous key change that so many bands do But he does it while he's holding the word love And he goes up with them while he's doing love I listened to that like 20 times I would never really kind of zeroed in on that Hmm. That's, a, that's a really hard thing to do Where you literally find that next I'm not even going to try to imitate it right now <laughs> But you find that next key With the band as he's going And then the choir Let's talk about the choir And Jim, I loved what you said earlier About how sometimes the words overlap And sometimes it's call and response And sometimes they catch up mm-hmm. To me, that is this song to a T The choir which so often is background oohs and oz, they are just as much a character. I think this is as much a duet between him and the choir as Under Pressure is between... Mercury and Bowie Mm -hmm. like they go back and forth you know he goes I work hard he works hard right and then like uh, you know they're like goes home on his own and he goes I go down down on my knees knees and pray praise the Lord right like Mm -hmm. they're just going back and forth and then they go back into the ooze and then it's somebody somebody and it's like it's this incredible relationship between those two and that choir sounds just as manic and desperate as he does. Like, they're not just singing along in their harmonic way. They sound like they weren't fed for two days. They just sound edgy. Like, it's it's incredible that I'm floored by that choir, paired with Freddie Mercury, and I just, that song blows me away. Um, you already talked about breaking it down and building it back up at the end, and then you think it's over, but he does his vocal piece at the end, Adam, that you mentioned. And then it's still not over because the band comes back in and the choir comes back in. It's just so Mm -hmm. beautiful. One last thing I'll say about this. I had a um, roommate in college freshman year in the dorms. And uh, he was just a musical genius. John Augustine, if you're out there, I still think about you. And the main reason I think about him is this reason, which is we had uh, something called the Spring Sing. It was basically a talent show and it was in the tennis stadium. And I mean, this was UCLA. So like you had to be pretty frigging good to to get a spot in the, in the Spring Sing. But that being said, most people, it's like play the tape and I'll sing along. And it was American Idol-ish. We're like, you know, I'm singing the hell out of it, whatever. Nope. What John did is he brought a full band, and he recruited the UCLA Gospel Choir.
0: Oh, wow. And they (laughs)
1: frigging closed the show with Somebody to Love, which I had never heard at that point. You know, I'm a freshman in college. Wow. And it was like, yeah, he won me over that night. uh, and, And all of a sudden, I paid attention to that song, and I'm greater for it. And also, if you haven't seen the, the video of the last concert that Taylor Hawkins ever played for Foo Fighters, mm-hmm. as one of you mentioned, he would always grab the mic. He'd often choose Queen because he adored yeah. Queen. Mm-hmm. And he does Somebody to Love, and I highly recommend it. The joy he is experiencing singing this song and the crowds yelling back and, oh, it's a beautiful thing. My number one.
0: So good.
4: We do not know Adam's uh, number one yet, but so far, Somebody to Love has reached the top five of three of us. Um, Oh, good point. And I think that might be the... No, it's not the only one. Um, Hey, Dan, with the UCLA story and the Taylor Hawkins story, it's no wonder it's number one for you. I love that. Um, Still doesn't explain why Bohemian Rhapsody is not in your top five, but I I get why that's your number one. I respect that i'm happy to
1: i'm happy to tell you that uh maybe at a later point in this podcast
3: (laughs) (laughs) and i just want to say we we talked recently about like each each of our roles on the podcast and what we could do better or what you know this or that and adam and jim i love you guys so much but fuck dan is the best at this (laughs) (laughs) yep just i mean i like, think i'm
1: best at picking songs though he
4: i'm we
3: can, like we can edit this and post go ahead. i'm like i love somebody to love it's I'm just a really Weaver great song it. and then listening to dan break it down i'm like oh fuck right. i mean yeah that's what i meant to say but yeah. like, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> well it's good uh, you leave me something to say no i appreciate it
0: yeah. no <laughs> I, it's funny because when i when, I, when yeah. I read that he was so thinking of aretha franklin when he Put it together. I'm like, well, Dan's gonna put that one really high and <laughs> you boy, got it. It's I awesome. didn't even know that. That's awesome. Amazing.
3: My number one, Jim. Uh, you were actually right. <gasps> there are few perfect songs, and this is one under pressure. Yeah. Nice. That had someone had to pick that. I don't know why it connects with me so viscerally. And it did when I first heard it in 81, 82, whenever the yep. first time I heard it. I know it, was, I know it came out in 81 as a single, but it's just a perfect song. It, it's got you know these two great legendary singers playing back and forth. Uh, the music is, it starts simple. It builds, like it's got these crescendos. Um, that are just amazing and i 've never not loved the song it 's one of there are a few songs in my life that when I hear them, they not only remind me of a place they put me in that place they put me in twelve year old sam 's body and i just and this is one of those songs that is a, a absolute time machine because i don 't it's so hard to explain i was 11 or 12 and what feelings do you have at 11 or 12 and you know especially like this song it's about love for your fellow humanity and you know how does that get rooted in an 11 or 12 year old but it's it, it did and it does um and it's just a perfect song i mean what, what what more can you say about it the 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 one of the things that really irritated me about listening to this and i don't know if y'all experienced this but i know this song so well that when i was listening to i think one of the greatest hits versions i don't i don't have spotify so i wasn't listening to the, to the version that y'all were listening to mm-hmm. but the the version the greatest hits version that i have has an edit that cuts the second of the two of bowie's this is our last dance <gasps> And it Ooh. ruins it ruins the tension of the climax. You know, this is our last dance. What's it on this Apple Music? Our, uh, no, I just uh, 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 files, music files that I have. For, oh, it's wow. like All the it's like it's a it's a, 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 a Queen's like, Greatest Hits. And it goes it goes, This is our last dance, this is ourselves it, like right oh into that. And gosh. I'm like Well <laughs> what? I, like the first time I heard it, I was like, No, no, oh no, 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 why don't you, you cut out one that. of the ahs of twist and shout while at it exactly exactly <laughs> thank you that's all that's i'm crazy. saying crazy <laughs> but that's
0: that's a trend in in uh, in radio right now i don't know if you've heard no. that ever oh my god they're trying to cram more commercials in and you'll hear uh, like the mm-hmm. most famous songs ever mm-hmm. and they're cutting out oh parts my god of that, they
4: did that in sitcoms and seinfeld sitcoms and cheers right like more commercials yeah. edit out those parts oh, they're doing there's, that in music there's now? a Are station here oh, yeah.
3: there's a station here in denver that plays. I swear, play songs faster. So it's like you know, <laughs> like you know, let's go crazy or you know, Little Red Corvette, and it's mm-hmm. like just that much faster. And you're like, oh, the song's not. You're probably not. Wrong. You're probably yeah, not probably wrong. to fit more commercials in. Ugh. But anyway, but so like they 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 took out that in that second. This is our last dance, right before this is ourselves. But it's like that. It be, it needs to be there because it just builds on that and that it comes down to this is our last dance this is ourselves under pressure like it needs that that tension and without it it ruins it mm. so i i think i heard it twice and i had to i cuz i was confused i was like wait a minute there's an extra <laughs> one in there so i went back and listened to it yes there's a second one in there and i never listened to that one again because it's uh, bullshit yeah. i don't know why you would do that especially to the band and an artist like queen and bowie and then to just i mean the the entire song is still there sonically it's still there but it's just missing this pin this linchpin and it sucks but the reason that i only listen to the album version of the song now is because it's a perfect song
1: meanwhile those guys are like but all of bohemian rhapsody can stay (laughs)
0: <laughs> right, right, <laughs> right. Exactly. There's a um, there was a playlist that I accidentally clicked on that had a slightly uh, edited "Fat Bottom Girls," and we talked about how, or I talked about how, like if they just leave it for so long. There's so much space before they come in, and and it got to it so quick. I almost, I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Yep. yep, no more of that. No more of that. Nope. Nice.
4: Just- what can they leave all of Dan?
1: <laughs> 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 what song <laughs> skada moosh <Skata-moosh. laughs> my that number one sound like Bouchacha
4: a little bit <laughs> my <laughs> number one is uh, <laughs> Bohemian Rhapsody
2: is this
5: the real life is this just fantasy caught in a landslide no <laughs> escape from reality open your eyes Look up to the skies and
4: see Um I I think this might be the best song in the history of the world. What? Wow. I I have been racking my brain through every Beatles song, you know, that's my number 1 band in the world, and I, I just Okay, here's here's what I here's my thinking. Um Every time you hear it in a karaoke situation, in a bar, in a concert, whatever, um, everybody, when it starts, everybody goes, oh, God, they're doing this one, right? And and then by the time, you know, easy come, easy go. And they're all kind of like, hey, and a little high, a little low. I get it, I get it, I get it. And, <laughs> and, then, and then everybody kind of locks in on mama. Everybody's just like, OK, this is a good song. And, and everybody's in from that point on. Uh, Dan, I'm glad that you ranked all of the parts. I knew you would. I'd like to give you my vote. Nothing beats the beginning. The opening. Wait, Um, do you
1: mean the the opening a cappella? Yes. Is this
4: real life? Is this just fantasy? Interesting. Caught, and here's here's the two words that just kill me and melt me. Caught in a landslide, no escape from reality, Mm, no escape, I can't even go that low. No escape, just, uh, uh, that's when my heart melts. And the, and the uh, from reality harmony, just, I mean, I'm, I'm done. Um, uh, I don't know what else I have to say, because I thought that you guys would have said it all by <laughs> now. I was like, I'm going to write that note. And everybody else is going to talk about the other parts. Did you um, rank the rest of the parts, Jim? No, I just I just knew that I knew my number one. But uh, Dan,
0: you really need to give us your your rankings for the yeah, parts. Yeah, you do. I was actually hoping that yeah. it's somewhere in all my research that they would have given names to the parts. And well, they didn't. and
1: I was I even I, again I didn't do my research, so I was even debating like where do you exactly where do you cut the parts? Like exactly what are the parts? Here's how I've got it. Let's have it uh, Sorry Jim I have that last The opening I got <laughs> But maybe that's appropriate that's For this podcast After all That is um, good is Second to last Is I see a little Silhouette too Of a man All through Galileo yeah. And Bismillah yeah. And Mamma yeah. Mia And look I mean that, that I debated Because in some ways That's what makes This song this song Like The fact that they Stuffed all that stuff In here And turned it into A massive hit Like god bless him that blows me away Mm -hmm. um but the other stuff to me is just like more classic uh it rest it makes the song repeatable over and over again right if it was just that um one above that i guess i'm at number three is the guitar solo into nothing really matters at the end with that beautiful weeping guitar at the end and then that final gong like Mm -hmm. what an ending number two is so you think you can spit in my eye right all of a sudden we're back to like that early rock queen and as I mentioned earlier, for me, number one is is just the, the piano ballad mm-hmm. at the beginning, which I think, right, is that the only part he plays at Live Aid? Like, is kind of that piano part at the beginning, and they go into something else? Do, do uh, I, I love
4: if, if I'm not wrong, he, he does the crossover with the hands on the piano. Boom, 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 bang.
1: And he's crossing over his hands. That's to right. High That's note. right. Bing, I think you're right. Ding, boom, 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 bang, bang. bang. I mean, in my opinion, one of the reasons that song is timeless, as much as like there's all the fun stuff, which I totally grant you. But that opening piano ballad is like the thing that I think the stadium yeah. full of people is like. Oh my god, here we go. Anyways, that's that's how I've got it. That's great. Uh, okay, that was my number one.
0: All right. Well, that leaves me to do the last bit, the number one. So the last thing that I should be doing right before I tell you my number one pick is to bring on another guest but the only way I would do it at this point in time is if it was really good so I've mentioned previously that there was a storytelling night down here in San Diego and some friends of mine were doing it and I got up and told a story about the Stone Roses and when you do these stories at this at this uh, bar in San Diego, it's kind of like The Moth, if you've heard of that, uh, you are assigned a writing coach and a performance coach. And my performance coach uh, that was assigned to me was, I, I was very happy to get him because I had seen him uh, tell an incredible story recently. He got up and talked about his life. He was an uh, engineer, a uh, career engineer, Uh, He works on satellite technology, super sharp, funny guy. And he was talking about music and how much he likes music. And he gets married. He has kids. And one of his kids, uh, tragically, ends up liking disco instead of all this, like, heady, uh, you know, prog rock and the kind of stuff that he's into. Uh, But the kid grows up and he turns out to be semi-talented. He ends up doing plays. He ends up on Broadway. He ends up on American Idol. And we're slowly realizing that his son is Adam Lambert, and it was so fantastic. It was the best reveal ever of any of these yeah, things yeah. I've totally. ever seen. But you just—you could just hear the whole crowd murmuring and starting to realize what was mm-hmm. happening. And his take on his son's rise to fame was so wonderful. And it turns out he's my neighbor. He lived right around the corner from me, practically. He's a great guy. His name is Eber Lambert. And I reached out to him and asked him if he would tell us what his favorite Queen song is. And he got back to me. And so we recorded it right before we were recording. So I'd like to play you guys what Eber Lambert's favorite Queen song is. Well, tell me a little bit about your Early love of music. <laughs>
6: um, no, I started buying my own, like, 45 records when I was, like, nine years old. I was just fascinated by music. My two older brothers were music fans, and they had, like, Beatle albums and everything. So uh, my brother, he went off to college, and when he came back, he started getting into the glam rock world. And he he turned me on to Bowie and and some of these other things. And he had a queen tape. We all had 8-track tapes back then. So he brought an 8-track tape. We'd drive around in the car with the 8-track tapes. And... Um, he had brought back it was like one of either the first or second Queen album Uh uh-huh I was kind of like yeah lukewarm on it you know Uh and and, and then we we bonded on actually the funny thing is we bonded on Kiss because (laughs) I was kind of like you know hard rock but it was you know that whole Glam thing and Mm -hmm. you know looking back it was all horrible but you know it was it was, (laughs) it was fun at the time you know it was rock and roll rock and roll all night but I didn't really follow them too close
0: obviously you're following them a little closer now Now.
6: yeah i follow them a little closer now so it was was funny i mean you mentioned the the vamp thing when when uh when adam first started uh uh working with them you know i made the remark yeah i never really liked queen because it wasn't really (laughs) in my you know my my ex-wife like had a couple of queen albums that Uh adam could listen to when he was a kid but you know wasn't in my uh in my uh, uh, wheelhouse of music. And then, you know, later on after college or in college and then after college, kind of got into the dead for a while and got into jazz and all that other stuff and just kind of got away from, from that sort of type of music. And it, but really, I, I'm all over the map. I mm-hmm. like everything. So, uh, so I this, do like now. <laughs> yeah I was
0: gonna say, to say that watching watching your own son sing those songs endears you to to their music a little bit more or are you sort of the same
6: well I mean uh my other son and I went over when Adam first did his first show with a uh, series of shows with them, and this would have been two thousand and uh twelve uh in London and they did it at uh, the hammersmith Apollo, which mm-hmm. is you know like ground zero for their fan base uh-huh in reality I mean I only know. You know, going in, I was like, okay, I know Bohemian Rhapsody. I know, you know, Another One Bites the Dust and We Are the Champions. And, you know, there's a couple of other songs. The one song that just, you know, used to irk me way back when I was in uh, high school and college because it was a top 40 hit. Uh-huh. And, and we, and I worked in this restaurant where uh, the, it would come on like, you know, every 20 minutes, whether you wanted it to or not, was uh, Killer Queen. Uh-huh. Just so burnt out on Killer Queen. So if I had never heard that song ever again, that would have been a pine. But
0: um So that's probably your least favorite if you had to. Pick it, it, one.
6: I would probably put that in my least favorite, although I get a kick out of it when Adam does it, because he told me he makes it really camp and funny and goofy. I'll bet. I'll bet. So it's more of a it's more of a you know, an act than it is a, a song at this point.
2: Mm-hmm.
6: Um, but you know those were the songs i i knew and so those concerts there was a lot of stuff was like oh i didn't know this was queen or oh i've never heard this song before and mm-hmm. and so that was kind of interesting and then there, they do a couple of the songs from the very very early albums i don't even know the name of the song mm-hmm. uh, uh and i recognize that from the days of listening to that eight track tape um but then I, I you know there's other songs that i started to really like which i'd never heard before like uh radio gaga i had never heard before until i saw oh wow it the
0: concert. yeah it's a great and one it's
6: actually one of my favorite i really like that song and i really uh-huh. like you know the vibe of that song and and you know the kind of the meaning behind that song
0: but so after i mean how many times have you seen them do you think
6: Oh, well, so now I, I saw them in the three shows there in London. And then wow. uh, I took my mom and dad a few years ago. They did a, a series of shows in Vegas, which was fun. Mm, right. And I uh, took my mom and dad over. That was the first rock concert, first and last rock concert my father ever went to at, wow. at you know, the ripe age of 89. <laughs> That's he a, amazing. He got, he got a kick out of it. My mom's been a couple of times. My mom's a huge fan. She's like mm-hmm. studied all of the Queens, all of Queens music and has all the little bios and everything and uh, follows, you know, follows him on. Twitter and and you know she's a big fan
0: that's great so yeah if, if well if you had to pick a favorite I we, we're we're picking a favorite from this 1981 collection Radio Gaga and Who Wants to Live Forever are a little bit after that, do you, yeah, have, after that yeah. do you have a favorite from like the, the of the hits from you know pre-1981 yeah, because that's what, what we're doing tonight yeah
6: yeah the 1981 era I would probably it would be Bohemian Rhapsody that's always been my my favorite that's a, a fan favorite i guess
0: nice
6: yeah i mean bohemian rhapsody has everything it has the has that great little uh you know piece in the middle that Mm -hmm. they they still use the same pre-recorded thing they've always used live right you know and uh um you know the great ballad the beginning the piano and then you know you know Absolutely. solo it's got it all you know
0: it so does it
6: does <laughs> you can't go wrong you know
0: yeah excellent well i i happen to agree which which i'm right i'm okay. probably going to talk about right after i play this little recording
2: yeah.
0: uh but uh thank you so much for taking a few minutes to let us know yeah uh i, I I know you have a, a you know, a, a deep love of, of, of Jewish Adams from California. So. Yeah,
6: yeah. Oh, my Adams. I'm oh, like, oh, man. Yeah. I just saw Adam yesterday. He just got back after the tour and he's doing great. And he's starting nice. a new project and new music.
0: Uh, proud dad. It's so great. Because knowing what, what a great music fan you are, it's just, it's, it's, it was really amazing to hear, hear your whole tale. So we'll, we'll let people know about your vamp thing. Cause I think it's great. I've sent it to a lot of people.
6: Oh, cool. All right excellent well thanks so much have a good Good one talking to you
1: that was great that was great
0: thank you so much eber for putting your two cents in
1: that is an impressive (laughs) get right there too
0: i know i I had i I couldn't not ask him so thank you so much we he found a little bit of time just before we recorded so i'm glad we really didn't he He didn't
4: he picked the right song don't you think
0: he did (laughs) and i i kind of i kind of let it slip in the middle of uh of his, uh, of his, or at the very end I mentioned. Yeah, you got it right, we agree. And it's one of those, uh, I think we've had this a few times, we've definitely had the discussion, the, the popular one, the overplayed one, where I have to take a step back and go, but it's still great. And this one's even weirder, because with, with songs like Dear God and a few other ones that I've, I've talked about where I made it my number one, where it's really famous, I can't pick parts of Bohemian Rhapsody that I super love. I know that's crazy, um, Hmm. but part of of what Jim was describing was the reason why I realized I have to make it number one. And that's because every time it comes on, I'm like, oh, God, okay, I don't need to hear this. And I listened to it anyway. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I listened to almost six minutes of it, and they had to fight tooth and nail to get it out, to get it on the radio, and it's because... It goes by like that it's six minutes but it's so great and yes there's all these parts but it somehow works and it's just fantastic Mm -hmm. and so i couldn't deny it uh and and i didn't have a lot especially you, sam you nailed it with describing dan's uh description and i i felt even worse because i knew i didn't have good descriptions of why i love this song so much i just I just think too. it's better than the others. And I yeah. and I, w- I want to say that all these other ones, I could I consider I love it more. I've never said I love Bohemian Raps, and I still don't think it's it's more of my favorite. I just think it's the best song on here. Um, so I just wanted to give you some, some behind the music on it because I found so much interesting stuff on it. And it was interesting. I thought I knew everything there was to know about it. Um, but know this, that Mercury started developing the song in the 60s. Uh, he was playing that that intro on piano uh, to his bandmates, and he was calling it the cowboy song. So I guess he had sort of some kind of uh, a Western town in his mind when he was talking about all this killing going on, which I thought was interesting. Um, the entire piece took three weeks to record, and in some sections there are 180 separate overdubs, just Jesus. vocals and vocals and vocals. Um, wow. It's 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 a it's a mini opera, it's, and it's credited with with um, you know bringing opera to the masses, or there was some Sid Vicious quote where he was saying that he's trying to bring ballet to to the masses or something like that, but. I, I always assumed that that would mean that he was a huge opera fan, but he said this, I don't really know anything about opera myself. It was as far as my limited capacity could take me, which I thought was so interesting. Um, but yeah, famously, Record Label didn't want to release it as a single, so they leaked it to radio people in America and England to get a buzz going, and it worked, and they forced the Record Label's hand, and they had to put it out as a single. And yes, as Eber said, they had Mike Myers, playing that record executive in the movie because he had to fight tooth and nail to let uh, the song get heard in Wayne's World. Uh, Lauren Michaels produced it and he wanted a Guns N' Roses song. I couldn't find which one, but apparently he wanted something more current. And Mike Myers said, I like Guns N' Roses, but I don't have a joke for Guns N' Roses. So Uh, that was where I first heard it. I uh, don't have a joke for Guns N' Roses is a great line. I had already (laughs) heard about that scene. It was so famous, like right when it came out that I had heard about the scene, but I still hadn't actually heard the song yet, which is kind of crazy. That's
3: amazing to me that people like that that was their first experience of hearing it because for for me, Mm -hmm. the joke, and for so many of the people that like knew and saw that movie and were of my age or older, the joke was that's like they'd done that they'd ridden yeah. around in a fucking yeah. pacer yeah. and headbanged exactly. to that like yes. like right when it comes in and doing all this stuff and right. like so that's that was the joke but for so many of y'all it the joke was what they were doing right then in the movie when you saw it and remember
4: that amazing. that when they released that it was intercut with i mean i i didn't realize that there were music videos before mtv because why is there a
0: film of queen can you talk about that adam well it was one of the first music videos i mean they were doing promotional clips (laughs) the beatles did it you know it was was more of a thing in england than it was here that they would have shows where they would have these pre-filmed things but um it was considered one of the, the first groundbreaking was you look at it now, it looks a little dated, but it was visual and it, and it helped and it's iconic. Yeah. And when the Muppets do it, you know, exactly what they're talking <laughs> about. And yeah. it's great. Uh, just had to work it in there because their version is so incredible, especially when Animal is saying about his mom. Um, fantastic. Um, yeah, I just wrote Famous Video. I didn't. I don't really have a lot to say about it. But uh, Eber mentioned that they've never really done that middle part live. And I always fantasized about seeing a band that was able to cover that. And I've watched School of Rock Kids do it with a ton of people on stage. Flaming Lips have done it. A lot of groups have done it since. And they let the crowd sing along. But they've always played a tape in the middle part. Even now with Adam Lambert and the band, they play a tape. Uh, in the 70s, it was... Not that impressive because they would leave the stage and there would be a little bit of a light show. But the what, light shows in the '70s were not nearly what they do now. What middle just
4: part
0: for the, are we talking? Just about? The, the all the the opera stuff and the um, beast. No, we let, They let the crowd do it, which is fun, you know. But uh, so it, it also punches more when the band comes back on to come into the the heavy part, got it. Uh, which is great. Uh, it topped the UK single charts for nine weeks plus another five weeks following Mercury's 1991 death and remains the UK's third best-selling single of all time. Following the release of the 2018 biopic Bohemian Rhapsody, it became the most streamed song of the 20th, or from the 20th century, I should say. Interesting. And with that, we're done talking about Queen's greatest hits.
4: Um, You will be happy to know that the bottom two songs... Our flash and keep yourself alive, in our group rankings, they both have fourteen points <laughs> because they're the worst songs on the album. Um, we did not talk about one song though that's <laughs> below that, and that is "We Will Rock You." That's amazing of, of
1: all songs. That's, I know. Um, can we just really do a funny. quick round? Everybody, just say the number of where they had
0: "We Will Rock." We will rock you. I want to hear more than that because the whole point of me doing this was to hear what you guys actually thought of this song we i have to put it into the theme song every time we do a podcast all right talk about it let's talk about number and
1: two sentences for we will rock you i didn't rank it you you. you oh you didn't rank it okay Uh uh um jim think about it i'll go first i have it at number eight look sports would never be the same without it like that's a fact And the other thing I will say about it is I think if you ran a simulation of the world a thousand times in every one of those simulations, music gets invented because people, humans need music. And I do think the history of music leads you to, we will rock you every single time. It's so fundamental to just that beat. Like I get it. I get it. Why it's a big deal. There's not much more to it to that. It's number eight, but.
3: I get that's it. A, that's a very Doctor Who sort of comment, like, you know, like something happens to one of the band and it doesn't yes. be created. It's like, no, 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 this is, this is like a, an universe. event. It's an event in time. It's we, will, yeah, we Will yeah, Rock it's You constant, always there. Yeah, it's a constant, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's very cool. I had uh, We Will Rock You at number eight, and I had We Are the Champions at number nine, and actually they're tied because they're the same song. You cannot separate these two songs except i will say that we we are the champions can stand alone it still feels like it's missing something but we will rock you i keep wanting to say rank uh needs (laughs) it needs we are the champions after it in in my uh psyche um but i will say that um it's an amazing amazing side one track one like y- this starts the fucking album <laughs> yeah jim's run what like, it's whoa like, it's that that's incredible right
4: um I-, I ranked it at number eight I'm just kidding <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh and guys you ranked it i don't care three is the magic number and that is that beat that singularity that you're talking about <laughs> One, two, three. There boom, boom, is clap. Something, there's something true to what you guys have, are saying about it.
0: I put it at number six, and I can't believe that I put it that high. And it's one of those, I'm focusing on one little moment of a song and ranking it from that. When that opening comes on, I get chills. Like, they... Yeah. Uh, Dan said at one point, like, yeah, I never noticed the, the production on Queen. I'm like, are you kidding me? They're like notoriously the most overproduced or biggest produced band of of all time. And that sounds like a stadium full of people stomping and clapping and don't really care about his lyrics all that much. But for some reason, where I think We Are The Champions is so like, oh, look at us, we just won something. We Will Rock You was like, we're gonna fucking destroy you right now. We're gonna play a show that's gonna blow your mind. Like it, the confidence of it is so fantastic. And even though I never thought of it as like a song, cause you're right, Sam, is, they're, like, they're so together. But when it was a single, from what I can tell, We Are The Champions was the A side b-side was we will rock you right Weird. so when i was joking about an obscure b-side wow. it didn't chart they didn't count that as a charting it wasn't
3: it wasn't <laughs> oh, a double right a back a side. then they
1: didn't count the B- yeah that's right yeah we so have a double a um, yeah.
3: Gr- growing up on denver rock radio like they were always together and that's that's of how course. i remember yeah. totally and that's everywhere remember. Yeah. yeah yeah so
4: so so that was one we didn't rank we already talked about the bottom two songs the next two are two songs that were scud missiled by somebody ranking them last and that is we are the champions who was scud missiled by adam and you're my best friend which was scud missiled by dan it's just horrible shout out to the gulf war the next the next four as we're as we're building as we're building to the top the next four are all tied with five points because each one of us ranked at number five. We all had different number fives. And they are play the game, bicycle race, crazy little thing called love, and another one hmm. bites the dust. Which really leaves us with a group top five of killer queen, number five. A tie, I can't believe this, of fat bottom girls and under pressure. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and then, I mean, that's just a travesty. And then number two, somebody nice. to love. And number one, Bohemian Rhapsody. Mama
1: mia. Round to seven. Yeah. Fine. You were just holding on to that one, weren't you,
3: Dan? <laughs>
1: no, it just, just, <laughs> just came to me. It's late. My My sharpness is going, and that's all I
0: right. got now. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for playing along with this theme, which Sam is going to be the next person to pick. A greatest hits, and I just want to
1: say, as excited as I am to hear like the rankings on an album, I'm almost more excited to hear what album each of us pick.
3: So, <laughs> yeah, go Sam. So, this is going to sound very much like our 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 best orator, Dan. But what are greatest hits? Right?
0: <laughs> oh
4: boy!
2: So, there we supposedly
3: go. they're the <laughs> supposedly they're the very best of an artist's output, and we've talked about that no greatest hits compilation will get all of the greatest songs of an artist, especially those who've been around in a while. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: But sometimes, sometimes, you get just a few years to build a collection of songs that it seems almost impossible that a 16 song hits album barely scratches the surface. But in the case of the artist I chose, it's absolutely the case. For the next album, we will be talking about the 1992 collection the very best of otis redding wow Wow. okay i had so many different ideas and then and i picked this literally probably like five hours ago i had so many different ideas of like little things like i and i'll tell you guys about this some other time but and and something just hit it and i was like otis redding we're gonna talk about otis i like it damn okay, okay, Otis you,
1: you need to send us a link because I feel yep. like there's probably a thousand collections of Otis yep. so make no, sure I, we have the.
3: I already on. pulled the Spotify link and I will drop it in the chat right now
1: oh boy alright right, well All right. let's do this faster than uh, the last one
3: I'm sure
0: we will thank All you alright thanks everybody we'll see you next time
2: the like.
0: Please subscribe, rank, and review our show at your favorite local podcast shop and send us a note to wewillrankyoupod at gmail.com. Sam writes about music on the web at yourolderbrother.com and Adam's stuff is at y-e-r-d-o-i-n-great.com. If you like our little show, then you'll love all the fun stuff we post on our social media. So follow us at wewillrankyoupod on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and let us know what your most loved and least favorite songs are. Okay,
2: bye.